It's like, what do you mean, don't kick the dog? Like, what the fuck? Like, how was that? Like, was that like a commonplace and acceptable form of self therapy in the nineties? Baxter. And we're going to be bullshitting about the formative years of console gaming as we revisit the periodical that covered it. Again, we are riding our 10 speeds home from Toys R Us as fast as our little legs will take us so we can tear into GamePro issue 10 in this episode. The link to the issue is in the show notes, as it always is. Uh, please rate and review the podcast if you like what we're doing here. We'll read it on the show. It makes us feel great about ourselves. Uh, it helps other people find this fucking thing that we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook started showing memories for pages now. So now every time I open the Facebook page, it's showing us. It's reminding me how long we've been doing this is what I'm getting at. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is, it anyhow, is pretty nuts, man. <laughs> anyhow, what are we jamming on now, Jay? What are you jamming on now? First of all, Beat Saber, baby. This game, so much fun. I... I, I feel like I got introduced to it when you were up here for my birthday before the pandemic, you know, at GameWorks or what? Yeah, GameWorks. And it was a blast there. And so since we're now Oculus into the into the Oasis pretty, pretty regularly, I figured <laughs> it's time to get it on my own. And yeah, it's, it's a blast. Like Zion's been playing with me, you know, such such a fun game to pick up and play without heavy time commitment, you know, which is important these days as a parent, you know, working adult. You don't always have the time to just dive in for hours. So it's. But it's it's addictive for sure. Have you do you have it as well? Have you played I, it? I've not. I still have played it now. Yeah. I, oh. I keep my I keep my life a barren wasteland of commitment just for this very purpose, so I can dive <laughs> in for three four hours at a time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you would get lost in this game, man. So like for somebody who loves music, you know, I, it's great. It's fantastic. But uh, yeah, everything else I've kind of just dabbled in. Um, but I will say, I started. I picked up Psychonauts too um through xbox recently and i knew that was a game that was you know internally heralded people were looking forward to I hear about it. it's I hear the word a lot, yeah. yeah it's pretty cool it's like a platform adventure game uh with these cartoon not cartoony characters but you know it's, it's fun artistic style where you're using psychic powers and that aspect is cool but there's also like a mental health aspect where like I don't want to give too much of it away, but you're basically an agent, kind of like Inceptionist, where instead of going into people's dreams, you can go into people's minds to try to see things. And so there's, like, regrets that you have to fight. You know, there's, like, emotional baggage that you have to connect. But, like, it's done in a very simple, fun way, you know, with great art. And, like, I'm just getting into it. And the story so far is really cool. It kind of hooked me. So I highly recommend Psychonauts, too. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, and then Ascent. Have you heard of this before I get into it? Uh, I think I've, I mean, this is an Xbox deal too, right? It's like just a, it's an FPS type thing. It's, so the way I like to think of it is it's kind of like Diablo 3 or Diablo 2. It's like a Diablo 3 set in a cyberpunk world multiplayer. And it's just like, there's so much like, so Court and I have started playing it together. Like that was the whole reason because um, I think it's on Game Pass, and so we said, "Hey, let's you know look for a new game to play together. Let's both download this." 
and there's so much to do and it, it's so fun you're you know you're leveling up you're getting different you're finding different weapons but again it's that diablo style like co-op but the you know next in graphics and the accumulate <laughs> just accumulate yeah but, but we haven't even like accumulated much like it's been so much more about the story so far even though there's been a lot of action it's kind of hard to explain but i think right now it's like a great balance between you know not too much story where it's just a story not too much like shoot them up like that it's like a nice balance so far um but yeah i think it has i think it has potential early signs are good <laughs> word, word. that's another one i feel like i've heard the word a lot it's like it's a, it's a relatively recent release is it not yeah it's only been released in the last month yep i believe yeah, i feel like i've heard about that one as well word, yeah word. that's uh that's pretty much it you know i've been dabbling in some some different vr games as courtney will find them you know but nothing that's nothing that's hooked me yet i do want to buy um saints and sinners i think it's called the walking dead vr game that i definitely want to get into i i used to love that franchise watch this you know the series for like six seasons or whatever so being able to do that vr sounds exciting i think i'm going to pick that up next so that, that would yeah. be the next thing I talk about. I, I, that's 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 one I've heard. If you're into shooters, I hear it's a good one. That one and and what's that? Population one or some shit like that. Um, I'm pretty sure it's called Population One, or yeah. something very close to that. That is also a pretty good shooter, I guess. Yeah, I just I don't want to spend more money. I'm like I have Game Pass, like I don't. But it's like that's, that's, this that's is a unique experience. I <laughs> dude, I have I I've I've spent uh, so much money on. <laughs> Facebook uh, thanks you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The gaming ecosystem thanks you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mark is definitely reaping, definitely hit a profit center with me. <laughs> so what are you jamming on then? What is this? Uh, we got this new background behind you. Uh yeah, well that's yeah, that's that's obviously putt putt. That's not new information. And I'll, I'll get to that in a moment. Uh the thing, but the new thing that I probably spent the most time on is real VR fishing. And First of all, I can't believe they don't spell. Yeah, look, look how I'm looking at you right now. Say again. I was just saying, look how I'm looking at you. Like what? Like what oh. are we like? Explain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. VR. It was. Like, it was. It was so scathing that the fucking internet just shut down for a second because you. you, you <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it's dude. You know, I was skeptical because I've been seeing this game since I got the thing, and like I'm mildly intrigued by fishing. We've talked about that before. So, and I and it's rated like off the fucking charts. So I've been peaked by it since I got the headset. But yeah, I mean, I'm kind of saying like, how much fun can fishing possibly be, right? How engaging can that possibly be? So I've been hesitant to get it. But yeah, the first thing I would say is I can't believe they resisted the urge, and I am so proud of them, to name it R-E-E-L instead of R-E-A-L fishing. I'm very proud of them for avoiding that. <laughs> That pun. <laughs> All right, I don't even know if that's a pun, but whatever. I'm, I'm, on the nose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm very proud of them for doing that. In any event, uh, this, yeah, this fucking thing is really well done, dude. It's like, like the, the physics and the mechanics of the actual fishing are fucking great uh, and, and spot on. And like, even I'm still playing. The, I, uh, I was actually did a a putt putt party last night with the the rough talk vr guys and the, their one guy stratus was has, they did, they're doing a, a review of this uh that's dropping this week actually so they've been playing the shit out of it and he's been playing on the hard mode and he said you know he was explaining to me the differences and so this gets ramped up even 
further when you play on hard mode, which I have not done yet. But the physics and like the there's like a little meter thing that you have to keep. You know, obviously the fish is fighting when you once you hook it, and like you have to the, the meter they use to uh, that you have to kind of keep the the balance between the two thresholds of is is really well done and feels really good and they they add in these little things that i don't know it's just it, it requires you i'm surprised at how engaged i have to be i guess is what i'm getting at like my expectation with with it was it would be kind of turnkey just fish you know just throw the thing out and like like animal crossings kind of almost you know i mean i you know i expected more nuance than that but i did not anticipate i would have to stay so focused and be so satisfied mm. with that focus as I have been playing this game. So on top of that, just, you know, the basic aspect of the game, the basic, you know, core element of the game, there's also a whole bunch of really cool ancillary shit that keep you interested and invested in the game and, and just like kind of the game environment even. So, there, you know, there's, of course, you, you know, you fish, there's a bunch of different types of fish, you get experience, you level up, you... You have to choose, even like every fish you catch, you have to choose between either taking experience, and that's by releasing the fish, like mm -hmm. catch and release, or right. getting money that allows you to buy shit in the the shop, you know, and in which case you get no experience, mm -hmm. so you don't level up that way. So, you, I mean, just even that forces you to kind of make decisions and about your build and like what's more important to you and that's kind of interesting <laughs> to have like a little bit of an economy uh in the game but so yeah so there's a shopping course where you buy rods rods reels tackle boats like all sorts of shit and then there's avatar aesthetics bullshit as always and it's right that's kind of wildly sure. overpriced in my opinion uh and and only mildly interesting to me but there's also trophies goals you have a you so like it operates out of this you have this lake cabin so like that that's kind of the thing like it's it's not just you don't like turn it on and you're just fishing like it's like it's a world you know they 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 spent the time and took made the effort to make it an environment like you were at a vacation lake cabin that you have and that you can furnish eventually and there's a fucking big ass fish tank in it that you can keep fish in and stock like a shit ton of fish too and decorate there's like a porch you can go out onto and just sit out there if you want and look out at it. I mean, that's the thing too. It's, it's probably it's hard to argue. I think that it's the most beautiful game on this on the system. You know, it's like a very real uh, aesthetic, and it's very it looks very very good compared to anything I've seen on that on that headset. So it's beautiful. Wow. Um, and yeah, you can just sit there and just fucking I don't know, like hang out. And like that's the thing. Like so, there's this multiplayer element to it where people you know it's just like a party kind of like some of those just chat apps that they have on that headset where you can just hang out together and do dumb shit like that's kind of the vibe they built into this where you can just invite people over to your cabin and then you guys go fishing or you can hang out in the cabin and fuck around and i don't even you know just talk if you want because uh, your avatars are you know physically in the space and everything so but you can go fishing together uh, at certain spots and like you know fucking i went with amy a few times you know, she's in italy right now we like, we fished with her in italy and like literally you just go out there like <laughs> some some of the fishing spots you're on boats some of them you're on just on the on the bank of a pond or a lake or uh eventually you get to i haven't gotten that far yet but there there's a there's a saltwater 
once you get to level 16, you can go saltwater fishing out on the ocean. And that's like a whole different thing, I'm sure, with there's sharks and shit you can catch. Um, but you get, yeah, you go out together and like, you know, <laughs> you know, like you can you fucking, you can see them fucking fishing and you can see them reeling in. And when they pull it up, they, you hold it up in the air, you know, and like you can like fucking look over and show each other and like fucking point at the fish, you know, <laughs> like, and, like it's pretty, it's, it's really, it's, it's cute in how social they made it. You know what I mean? And you you have a you can take pictures too. You can like you know take like we've got pictures of us like holding up fish. Like one of us has taken the selfie with their camera, and we got both of us in the picture. You know, it's fucking it's cool, dude. It's it's really well done. The social aspect of it. Um, and there's you know there's shit to like I said. I'm only on. I haven't even gotten to the saltwater stuff. And there's like the interesting thing is the whole thing. It's set in real world places. It's all in it's all in Korea. Uh, I, I want to say South Korea, probably. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it's all so that's its own thing. So like the whole physical space is actual locations in Korea, and that's like one of the things they say they're building is, is a U.S.-based map too that will eventually be available uh, at some point. But so yeah, this is all these fishing spots. I've you know I've unlocked maybe half of them, probably not. Uh, and there's you know there's some of them are night spots, some of them are raining, some of them are daytime some of them are sunsets and there's different goals and shit for each type of each type of uh area you know it's just it, it there's just a lot to it a lot of layers that make it more than just what you would expect just fishing you know what i mean uh and, and like i said and just the fishing is, is good too you know and like i said if, if, yeah i think you know there's like a fish finder thing that you can do so you know where to cast your reel and you're not just sitting there waiting like so much of fishing can be you know um but the hard mode eliminates that and then you have to you know do it the right way and like all the meters go away i guess and you have to do it all because it's got haptic response too you know so you have to be able to ascertain what these feelings mean and how to react to them in order to actually get shit into the boat or you know caught so yeah but yeah it's it, it's just there's just a lot to it man it's way more way more to it than i expected <laughs> Way more to it, and, and you know, you talked about just being able to jump in and jump out like something quick. Like there's no, I, I, I there's, I can't fathom there's anything. Even Beat, beat Saber probably is more of a time commitment. Technically, you could fire this fucking thing up and go catch one fish if you wanted, and turn it off, and you would you would not lose anything or be incomplete in any way by doing that. You know, so there's, I mean, there's legitimately no time commitment to it at all it's very much just drop in drop out uh yeah it's very well done and and, and it's uh i you know i understand you hate fishing but i think <laughs> i think it's worth at least taking a look at and i honestly i i think it's i think it's one of a reduced price too i want to say it's only like 15 bucks or 20 bucks too it's not even their their met their 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 high watermark price so it's not terribly expensive it's, it's still steep for fish so. I'm impressed. You, 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 you've definitely painted a picture. You know, <laughs> maybe I'll, maybe I'll actually click on the preview this time and, and get a feel for it because I, I haven't even gone that far. So I mean, I know I, I'm sure I watched that preview. I yeah, I mean, I think I watched that preview and still wasn't sold. You know, mm. uh, and eventually it was like I needed something to do. I think I was waiting for something to download that was taking forever. And I was just like bored, and I was like, "Fuck it!" I was, I, you know, it's not like I was going to get 
the fishing game before the other one downloaded. But it was literally just I was just bored in the OS waiting for something to download. And I was finally like, <laughs> fuck it and bought it, you know, because I was bored in the OS. So, yeah, yeah it's it's cool. Um, in any event, so been playing uh, playing that periodically. And then Amy and I were looking for a co-op thing. So we downloaded this game called and I, I would this is really good dude i would highly you want you looking for something to do with courtney i fucking highly recommend this game it is so it's so cute and good it's called carly and the reaper man and it is a real-time co-op puzzle game so one person controls the little girl that's actually in the world and the other controls the reaper and the reaper is a like a godlike character that looms above and looks down on everything and has to manipulate blocks and platforms real time to help the little girl navigate through the world. And it's really well done, dude. It's 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 kind of got like the the um the theme of the game or the theme of the environment kind of has this Beetlejuice vibe to it. Uh okay. You know, just kind of like fun, quirky, afterlife stuff, you know. So that's like the aesthetic vibe to it. And then there's this, it reminds me a bit of the Spirit Fairer story. If you remember me talking about that at all, I don't think you ever fucked yeah. it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like this: you're trying to help these spirits in the afterlife with some sort of problem. In a lot of cases, you know, and every one of them is, or every world is, to do that, you have to accomplish these. You know, I don't even know where to begin with all the different. You know, sometimes like very early on, it's just like move this block over here so she can jump on the block and get on the next thing. Then you know you start moving platforms around so they can walk across something. And then you know there's like there's some things that only you can see and they can't, and you kind of have to communicate to them in the space where they can go that's oh, safe. You know? nice. There's just a lot. Yeah, it's a lot of really, really, and they get of course more complex as you as you proceed through the game. So yeah, really, really cute and really, really. Like the co-op aspect of it is fucking dope, man. It's really well done. So okay. yeah, I highly recommend okay. that if you're looking for a co-op something or other. And yeah, I played a lot of Demio, of course, and Walkabout Putt Putt. And yeah, I started uh, I got all fucking into it. I was looking around for podcasts and I and I found that Rough Talk VR one and uh, started just bullshitting with them, interfacing with them uh, on the social apps and shit and they got a Discord as well, or not a Discord. I'm sorry. They do have a Discord, probably too. I can't remember, but they they have a Reddit, a subreddit, and just poking around in there. They started when they started posting shit about they did walk about mini golf a week or two ago. After I like literally, I bitched at them because they hadn't done it. You know, <laughs> I went through their entire catalog and I'm like VR because uh, walk about mini golf was following them on Twitter, and I was like, they're following you on Twitter. How have you not done this amazing <laughs> fucking game yet? You know, and they, they literally did it like a week later. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've actually been bullshit. I've been bullshitting a lot with this because they just dropped their new course on Thursday. Uh, Mighty Coconut is the name of the developer of the Putt Putt game, and so they've been, you know, very active on fucking socials and shit. And I've been fucking tweeting back and forth with them uh, about the new course and stuff. So they're they're pretty active and, and, and engaging in, in general. But yeah, I mean, like I I weighed in, and, like they fucking were talking shit too. And, like yeah, <laughs> like they actually <laughs> fucked something up when they when they dropped the episode. They fucked something up about you can you can. I think you did it when we were playing. You can accidentally hit the ball if you're not paying attention, you know. Uh, so, which I didn't even know, and I, I still don't use it because I just don't. I just taught myself to not ever drop my putter unless I'm about to go. But I think you can. It's, you can hold the trigger, and it makes your putter unable to hit the ball. Uh, so if you hold your trigger at all times until you're going to go, like I actually watched some players, some of the better ones actually will use that to kind of like size up their shot 
and like actually go all the way through the motion as like part of the thing and just let go of the trigger when they want the next one to actually mm. hit it, you know? So, uh, but yeah, you can do that to avoid that problem. And they didn't, I guess they didn't know that as I didn't know it actually until the, this happened in the, until whatever, but yeah, they fucked it up and like people started bitching at them. I think maybe the developer included. So they like issued a public apology. <laughs> it was pretty funny for that. Cause that was literally, that was close to, I think their only criticism of the game was that you could accidentally hit the ball, you know, cause it is, it's a fucking perfect video game. But in any event, my point of this is we started bullshit in the subreddit and we, 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 uh, a couple of other listeners proposed doing a, a, like a, a scheduled mandate of playing the game. So the past two Friday nights at uh, 10 Eastern, we have got together and planned to get together, all five of us, and we go in and we, we play putt-putt together. And uh, we, of course, this last night did the new course they just released, Coyote uh, Valley. And yeah, man, Coyote Valley is fucking hot, man. Like. They introduce they, it's, it's this new wind mechanic they put in in the back nine, and you can actually you, know, you can see what it is. It's got like you know there's like little wind wisp trails, and they also have rose petals that kind of blow with it too, also to kind of help you understand what the physics are gonna what's gonna happen with the ball. That's but it, even you know there's it, it just adds such a layer of complexity and difficulty, you know, but not like annoying difficulty. It's like Again, everything with the game, it's all, it can all, the physics are so good in that game that no matter what the environmental challenge with practice and understanding, you can get good at it. You know what I mean? And that's fucking just, that's incredible. And and even with this win thing, that's, uh, that that's the case. So yeah, I've played it maybe like a half dozen times now, maybe, maybe one or two more than that. And it's fucking hard, man. Like it's uh, played a game last night and there was like, I think hole nine it was. I was fucking when we were playing the first one we played as a group. Like this, I had played this course a half dozen times already, and like something ha- was happening, and I, it fucking happened like four or five times in a row, and just crashed my entire game because I had like a six-stroke hole on this one fucking hole, and like one uh, of the dudes, one of the dudes is really fucking good in the in the group, and uh, last week, you know, we fucking I think. I think, yeah, he won by one stroke. We played Cherry Blossoms last week. He won by one stroke. Everyone else had to had to split afterwards. He and I stayed on and played literally until my headset died. <laughs> uh, and we ended up, I think we, we split two more games, and then my headset died on the third one that I was winning. So, like, highly competitive with this dude. And last night, fucking, you know, we were, I, I was playing. I was the only one that had played it, so I was going in. Like, I'm like, well, these motherfuckers asses because i like you know i know shit and like <laughs> this dude was fucking killing he had a hole in one he just like was killing it on the first maybe he lied about having played it i don't know but, <laughs> but anyways well we got to hole nine and like i had a fucking bunch of fucked up shit happen on this one hole the windmill hole where the bat like there, there's two windmill holes where you have to actually like, use the windmill blades in your shots and the, the second one you have to use it to get down off this hill and for some reason i was coming off of it and bouncing over this fucking lip and like i was just so furious dude and like you know play with this group of people like i you know we played two weeks now and like i've interfaced with these dudes on social media but i don't know them i don't want to be like a you know i'm, I'm such a fucking emotional dude when it comes to shit like, i'm highly competitive so like i'm like in my headset like trying to like i'm like, like like trying to be trying to be cool and like even keeled without like basically now don't be a whiny bitch but i was so upset right. <laughs> it's like i played this course i didn't understand why this was happening uh yeah i was so fucking pissed off uh. 
anyway, <laughs> it's a great it's a great course and we got to play dude it's, it's it's there's a whole new of course right. do balls to hunt for too and that's fucking dope uh, i'm excited yeah. about that i got maybe i think 11 of the 18 i found so that's it's been too long to play so i'm down yeah you do you gotta it's 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 so you get clear. You got to get good at it. You know, it's 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 not gonna be fun until you're good at it. Because well, I mean, I'm naturally amazing at putt putt. <laughs> uh, so yeah, just yeah, sure, sure, sure. Well, that you know, that gives you. Like, I, oh, I think it'll be fine. <laughs> it's it's a whole different level of yeah, you because know, those courses are insane. You know, so you have to like learn the nuances and like once you once you get into once you get good and you're not scared to like start using math, man, like. You know, trying to figure out like the very specific bounces and shit to like get the most efficient run of a course. Like it's fucking, it is so engaging because once you get into that kind of minutia, you're like testing shit out and fucking experimenting. And, like when you find something that's like a new solution to cut a stroke off a fucking hole, you're like, oh, fucking so satisfying. <laughs> Such a great game. So yeah, that's it on the VR front. I actually, you know, I kind of was thinking about. It. I was like, I was actually considering. I was like, should I sell my Xbox? <laughs> Blasphemy. Yeah. Blasphemy. Uh, you know, like, like they're still, I think, relatively hard to get. Like this is the high water mark on the market for right now. And I was like, and I don't ever touch this fucking thing now. Do I even want to touch it? <laughs> like I was seriously thinking, like, should I sell this Gosh. motherfucker right now? Because uh, I hadn't, I had not touched it, you know, at all since we last recorded. And I got wind, I listened to, there's this Kane and Rinse podcast I listened to that did, and I had, this game had been on my radar for a while, but it wasn't on Game Pass last time I had it brought to my attention, and they did an episode on it, and it is on Game Pass now, so I ended up downloading it and fucking with it, but Hypnospace Outlaw, have you heard of this game? Hmm, I have not, do tell. Yeah, it's a great title, right? Uh, I fuck it up every time, uh, fuck it up every time, I keep, I, I was telling Jab to download it. Because it's right in his wheelhouse, I think. And I was telling him, hit no space cowboy. And he's like, what? Like, I can't find anything. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, no. Nah, nah, nah. I'm like, oh, yeah. Cowboy outlaw, whatever. So tough name to remember. Anyways. So it is, dude, It it's soul-crushingly brilliant and creative. I don't know if it's fun. I can't figure out whether I think it's fun. But I know that it is brilliant and creative. Maybe the most I've ever seen in a video game. Like, it is just... I don't even know. Like the idea that's, it's, yeah, I don't think it's a big developer either. The idea that a few people sat down and figured this out and created this thing is just crazy to me. But, anyways, the whole game occurs on a kind of wind, like a, 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 a Windows esque desktop computer interface from the late 90s. So, this, it's actually got a date. I think that the, the date in the game is, at least with the start, uh, I'm sure it progresses, but I think it's November 5th, 1999. So, that's, when the game is set, right? And yeah, the whole thing happens. You're just looking at a uh, computer monitor, essentially, and everything in the game happens on that computer monitor. So, Hypnospace, in the in the title, that is a company that developed a VR, you know, fictional company that developed a VR like VR like technology that allows your subconscious to interact with the internet and people on it while you sleep. So the idea, like their whole marketing kick is you can now, like, I'll think about all that time you waste in your life where you're sleeping. Now you can, it can be productive, you know, and your subconscious has its own life, essentially, or your avatar, your subconscious avatar has its own life and productivity capability in this virtual space. 
while you sleep, you know? So that's just, it's in of itself is a crazy, like, exactly. Like, nope, I've never heard of that before. <laughs> you know, right? so, so it's just <laughs> like the core unique. concept, the core idea is already wildly brilliant and creative, but like I said, so it's all happening on this desktop, right? And you work for this company, your character has just been hired by this company as a kind of internet cop. So you use the desktop tools of this terminal at uh, at the company to traverse all these wacky ass personal web pages. So you, know, you have to be of a very certain age to even understand what the fuck I'm talking about here. But think GeoCities or Angel Fire web pages. Oh man! You know? So just like you know, no filter. No one's ever you know just there's no <laughs> you know just no one knows knew how to use the internet, and it was just like handing someone tools to make their own thing in an environment that has no expectations or regulation creates just calamity, you know? And like web pages are, but you know, if you remember that time, people just were, it was just the most insane uh, unfiltered expression of people's selves in digital format. And I was fascinated by it. I was programming at like 14, 15, the second I had, a fucking dial-up connection that I could use at will and a computer that could achieve it, I was like fucking into that. I was making Buffalo Bills websites. <laughs> <laughs> the Buffalo That's Stampede. Really. The Buffalo Stampede was my was my Bills website. Uh, which I have tried. I have combed. There's have you ever do you know the Way Way Back Machine? Or maybe it's just called the Way Back yes. Machine. So it's on the Internet yeah, Archive yeah. and it's it's essentially they for much of the internet, I don't know how they achieved this, but for much of the internet they were able to take snapshots of like websites at certain times throughout the 90s and 2000s. So you can essentially go back to URLs at that time and look at what they looked like then. And you know, a lot of the shit is available through that. And I've looked so hard to find my website uh, on there because I, you know, I know it was on GeoCities, but I don't remember any of that other bullshit for it, unfortunately. So I, I've tried so hard to find it. Um, I, I ended up doing, I ended up running a, I, through that and like trying to like join up with other websites and like just like to accumulate traffic or whatever i ended up working with this website nflfans.net and like running the league-wide website and then my bills website became the buffalo bills arm of like you know every we had a, a website for every team you know so like i ended up running this ring of websites and like that one is actually available i can find that nflfans.net is i found it out the way way back machine it is just like I don't know. I want nice. to crawl in a hole. I want to crawl in a hole. <laughs> it's, just so, it's just so insane how, I don't know how rudimentary it is. Even going and looking at like ESPN at that time will blow your fucking mind, you know. In any event, that's a tangent, of course. But so that, that's the kind of websites you're traversing here. And you're looking for, you get like, you have, a, you have an email client, a web browser, a little notepad app, an MP3 player, like as far as your desktop tools go, you know. You're just literally clicking on these things and just doing shit. And you know, you go to your email, you get an email from the company and they assign you a case and you take the clues or the known facts they have about whatever it is you're looking for. And then you go out and you just start hunting around in this rudimentary ass web browser. And you know, I don't know, man, the, the tone and lack of refinement of the late nineties internet is just captured so fucking well in this thing it's 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 crippling dude it's so 
good and creative and just so fucking great, man. Uh, it's it's so well fucking done. And like even though like the tutorial you do in the beginning is yeah, it's like it's got it's like those full motion videos from like what I the thing I think of most probably because my exposure to it was so extensive. But Civilization Two, the the advisors of Civilization Two, if you played that game at all, to know it's like these really shitty little fuck. They're like the size of a stamp videos you know that just they're all pixelated fucking horrible looking but video on your computer that was real time even for like seven seconds like mind blown in 1996 you know what i mean so that they they nailed that with these videos of like the training stuff and they have just like stock video footage of like some guy hammering something or something and he looks like he's a guy in the 90s at some shitty factory hammering something it just is everything about it aesthetically and tonally is just fucking perfect and if you i i'm like i said if you didn't live through this and you weren't of the right age the formative age in those probably 95 to 2000 this game probably just blows there's no way to it but if you did live through that age or through that time in that age i don't know how you couldn't just be fascinated with it. you know what i mean because it's just such mm. a perfect encapsulation of that time that thing you know uh, so fucking well done. But like I said, I'm not sure if it's funny. It's kind of you're just like clicking around and like you're trying to find clues and like you're going through, you know, especially I'm only a couple cases into it. So like, you know, I know there's a I've, I've heard a lot about the narrative. I haven't let myself to go through spoiler gates or anything, but I've heard the narrative for it is, is apparently fucking incredible, you know. So, um, you know, it's it's it, it, it definitely deals in because like, you know, you're like I said, you're an Internet cop. So it deals in, you know, uh, a lot of kind of privacy uh, issues, you know, social, socio-political issues about privacy and like how much should you be able to police this space? And like, I know the story, mm -hmm. your role in that ecosystem, you were the character in the game, your role becomes, becomes significant and you have to make choices that, you know, put into question whether or not this company should have this policing capability, I think, you know, so, uh, and you know, you have these, you know, these 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 people who run these websites are people, so you can interact with these people in the game. You know, it's just great. It's fucking, it's intense, man. It's a, it's a really really heady, interesting, and like I said, aesthetically pleasing. If if you you know you're familiar with that that era, uh, it's really interesting. But it sucks that I have to turn on my Xbox to play it. I wish I, I wish it was on VR. <laughs> That is the Streets of New York theme from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the arcade game, bringing us in. I had to have some yeah. arcade love. Yeah, when I was downloading that fucker, I was like, yeah, that's tough. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's funny. Like, with certainty, like, yep, listen to that a lot in arcades. Even I probably haven't heard that. Because even, like, you go to arcades now, arcades and stuff, you can't hear those fucking machines anymore because it's fucking right. bars. It's so got, loud. So yeah, they, yeah pe people and music and shit, whereas in old-school arcades, there was no music. You could hear these fucking machines, you know? So, yeah, that's an interesting differential between arcading present day and, and then. So this is GamePro uh, issue 10. It's from May 1990. $395 US dollars cover price, $495 Canadian. And the cover art is... Balls to the wall, 90s cyberpunk hit. 
speaking of cyberpunk. And so it's a kid with yeah. a mohawk. Yeah, he's, he's rocking a bunch of robot gear and or limbs, I guess. And he's jamming on electric guitar. He's riding a skateboard. And I got one word for you, bro. Neon. <laughs> Hold on. Really nice. Even the skateboard wheels are different colored <laughs> neon. Blonde, neon yeah. like... Dude, I don't know. Uh, as a kid who was roller skating at this time, going to roller skate rinks on Fridays and on Friday nights, I don't think you could get roller skate wheels that weren't those colors. <laughs> yeah, it was neon or no. <laughs> not happening. Sorry. You know, like the ones, even like the, because the, you know, the, the skate you would, the skates you would rent from the places all had orange wheels. They were like that stock brown boot with those bright ass orange wheels. Like, and that's all you could get. Yeah, they, they're, That's they're, what you got. Yeah. <laughs> standard issue. <laughs> standard, standard fucking issue roller skates. Yeah. Oh, God, can you imagine how disgusting those must have been? Ah. <laughs> yeah. And they just had like a spray. It was like yeah, bowling like, alley just stuff. Like bowling alleys, yeah. Like, on there, just spray. I'm like, that's supposed to disinfect. Yeah. Disgusting. Like oh. this per yeah, this kid at the counter that could not give a shit less if your football's <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah, it's like literally not even looking at it, just fucking spraying the shit. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, gross. So the bullet points go like this. We start with hot licks, cool moves. Improve your action with these radical tips and tactics. And I lived through the 90s and was of an age at this time where I should have absorbed what these words might mean, but I have no idea. <laughs> like, I'm guessing it's skateboarding shit. Like, that would be the thing that I would- No, a lick about. is like a guitar lick. That's a guitar lick. Is it? Uh, okay. So he's playing, yeah, he's playing a guitar. I, I don't know what guitars have to do with the game. I don't think there was a guitar game in this issue. Well, it's, it's just cool. It's just cool shit, exactly. It's just cool shit. Just cool 90s shit. It doesn't have to have any relevance at all. We're just we're just giving you cool imagery here. Cool nineties game pro video games. It's all combined. <laughs> we're supposed to right together. You so get we so we also have fourteen new game reviews. The ones they specify here are Snake's Revenge, Psycho Fox, Ninja Gaiden Two, Atomic Robo Kid, and Bonk's Adventure. And they Space Invaders gets its own uh, main headline, and this one does not have an exclamation point. The only headline without on here, and Surely because this is a game title and they didn't want to muddy that up, but I'm a BB stacker and I cannot no not notice these things. So, <laughs> it, 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 you know, whatever. So, and then we also have Blast Them With Your Game Boy. So it's the Game Boy Space Invaders. That It's a kind of a wild nice. that, that. I mean, I, you know, I know, I understand that's even then is like a major property, but I just, it is still interesting to me that the Game Boy Space Invaders gets its own headline, you know, like it's intense, I think. Hey. Yeah, I mean, for for a Game Boy, it's a Game Boy type of title when you think of it like that. Like sure. to be able to take with you, like it's an easy, it's selling. It's all about sales, baby. Yeah. Get yeah, the titles Game Boy is, in now. Game Boy ultra hot right now. It just came out around Christmas time. I think so. Sure. In any event, and the parents who are spending the money are are they they know about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like yeah. oh, I know Space Invaders. Sure. Yeah, so. that's that's something that means something to me. Sure. So the last one on here is free game system, and you know I'm listening, Game Pro. Please do tell. <laughs> like fucking free game system. Okay. My expectation here was like some sort of super underhand, like some sort of you know I don't know, an Atari 1700 is what I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah. No, no offense, respect. No, no respect. There, but uh, <laughs> that's what I'm expecting that to be. Just, just. Uh, 
foreshadowing. I was thinking more of like uh, some kind of offhand PC engine sister console thing, which never made it to the market. They're like, yeah, let's just try this. You know? Offload these this way. Yeah. Yeah, I expected some sort of bullshit. I did not expect what it ends up being. So uh, we'll talk about that on page 93. Then from there, moving in, into the mag, we have so many NES full pages we've already seen from Taito and Vic Tokai, and those bridge us over to the table of contents. We have Demon Sword, Sky Shark, Gogo One and Two, Clash of Demon Head. There's also a Game Boy puzzler called Daedalian Opus. Is that the proper pronunciation of that? Tell you anything? Daedalian. I, I always called it Daedalian. I, I have no idea. I've always yeah. How, okay. However you want to say it. So we don't know shit. Moving on. Game Pro, Table of Contents, Layout Art Direction Watch. They're, they're still doing the fucked up cropping thing. But I would concede for this one that these do look like there was an actual level of human input on the decision. Like the the, the faces of the characters are properly framed from the artwork they are cropped from. So uh, I don't know. Improving. I no, there's no half faces. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So we also, after that, we have the Konami full pager for Snake's Revenge and Super C that we have seen, as well as a two-page spread from Taxon for eight eyes that we have not. And those distract us for three pages before we get to the letters from the game pros. And I don't think we actually, uh, regarding the Konami ad, I don't think we mentioned it when we first saw this, whenever that would have been, maybe the last game pro. But if it wasn't blatant enough that Ultra was a shell corporation that allowed Konami to skirt Nintendo's licensing developer rules. They're just fucking advertising the two in the same ad here. That's insane, you know? That that, I don't know, clearly no one gives a shit, but like, I don't know. Just like the the whole idea, like why did they have to make the company? You know, like why did it even have to exist if this is possible? <laughs> you know, hey, without... Game Pro's just gonna, hey, give me, give me the money, hey, we're, but we're I marketing mean, for you, let's but go. I'm sorry, really what if it's like Nintendo Nintendo probably paid to have that space invader cover. So they're looking at this magazine. They know what's going on here, you know? Like, they're going to see that fucking ad. Like, the idea that they don't have to worry about that at all, from Konami's perspective, I mean, is just amazing. I don't know. The world's an amazing place. It was a world, wild, wild west back then in terms of games and the whole industry. Got to remember that, Josh. Less rules, man. Less rules back then. <laughs> it was, for sure. So the Eight Eyes spread is a fucking awesome illustration. It's too bad the game is dog shit, but that that illustration is really really badass. Yeah, and they they get you with these every time, man. We look at them like, oh, what is this? Oh, it's that game again. Like, come on, like stop <laughs> trying to trick me. That game. Stop with trying to trick me. That game with the Falconer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like uh, I like Yuri's remark. I mean, marketing's doing their job. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, it's a fucking great illustration. But Yuri on the Facebook page, you see, he called it. Uh, he called the game Castlevania with even worse controls. <laughs> like a, a Castlevania knockoff <laughs> yeah. with even worse controls, which is, we, I think we mentioned that. I think we mentioned like our, the parallels in our mind to Castlevania when we, we covered the game. That's very spot on. Anyhow, letter from the editor. And the entire letter is essentially a PSA publicly declaring that it's okay if you're an adult that likes video games that as many as 43% of NES players are over 18, and this is according to a recent article in the highly respectable Orlando Sentinel. <laughs> of course. Yeah. There's, a, there's a passage in here that really highlights, I think, how, I don't know, like, 
how little was thought of adults liking video games and how much times have changed from that. So it goes, it seems some of these adult gamers got hooked on video games when they were younger. They've stayed hooked and they've upgraded their equipment on each new development or with each new development in the industry. And it's like, I mean, you have no idea, game pros. Like, these motherfuckers are going to spend billions. <laughs> like, like, yes, yes, that's you don't what even know. Yeah, how astute of you to observe this. Like, yes, that's exactly what's fucking happening. There's a, oh, so yeah, that's, I mean, that's kind of interesting, just as just like, kind of like a, you know, I don't know, just the, the, the landscape and public perception of gaming at the time. So that's interesting in some regard. But there's a, the other thing about this that was significant to me. There's a blurb at the end that is very alarming to me. <laughs> so, uh, this one goes, game pros everywhere know that gaming is pr a perfectly respectable way to spend your free time and probably therapeutic too. Don't kick the dog. Take your aggression aggressions out on adobo. So like, what do you mean don't kick the dog? Like, what the fuck? Like, how, was that like was that like a commonplace and acceptable form of self-therapy in the 90s? Just kick in your fucking dog? I don't know. Like, I don't know. That was amazing <laughs> to me that. Uh... Oh, man. Yeah, this I is mean, clearly just like, hey, adults. Adults play games. They're pushing hard. Like, this is like, I feel like this is really when it happened, when the precipice, when they were trying to make it okay. When before, at this time, it was just seeing, hey, that's a kid's thing. It's toys. It's well, like, it, you know, it was only, going hard. It like, was only once, yeah. it was only once they perceived the market steering that direction itself. Like, once they saw it as something they could be capitalized upon. Like, you know, that, you know, the, it wasn't just toys. Like, yeah, that's like the whole, the, the thing about the NES packaging itself, portraying itself as like this assortment of toys for kids, you know, a, a gun, a fucking robot, like all these things, you know, like that, that whole <laughs> angle stems out of the idea that they need to find a way to make kids, make this appealing to kids, you know, because that's who's going to buy this thing. So, yeah, once they obviously perceive that, like, oh, maybe that's not what needs to happen. They're happy to apply <laughs> until there's profit to be seen in it. They're not going to make that move, you know. The after that we have the Batman full pager from the title holder Sunsoft, and that shepherds us us, in, us into the mail. And how about this fucking prick John Ramos and the leadoff letter? Like, <laughs> <laughs> he, he starts this off with this great. like yeah he starts off with this effusive but still somehow pompous praiseful opening, and then he lists off scathing critique about their advertising and shitty screenshot quality after one after another. Just I don't know fuck this guy. <laughs> like opens up hey. like you know it's like trying to soften you up and then i'm just going to give you a bunch of bullshit i can't believe they printed it you know it's just like such like specific right. meaningless uh it's it sounds like the worst kind of corporate type of you're doing great i know we you know from <laughs> our heads together we come up with something even better but fucked up with this and, and this so change this stop doing this this <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you just say you don't like it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they responded. That's that's. I mean, I'm impressed. I'm impressed yeah. that they printed it and responded here. Yeah, maybe they just like they did it first too, and like you could you could also weigh into that and 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 interpret your own corporate agenda from that. Like, look at look at us demonstrate balance and parity, okay. you know, in our in our feedback. We're listening to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly the exact hand motion. Yeah, we're listening to you. Yeah, right. right. Uh, the world's a terrible place. I I also like fellow Joshua's short letter titled "Turtle Power," and 
as your music, you know, uh, alludes to. He's so fucking blown away by the coin hop Ninja Turtles beat him up that he's just writing in to say, holy shit, you have to play this game. It's like when I get all amped up in our fucking <laughs> Or what we're playing now, things like, oh my god, go download Putt Putt. Like, it's gonna fucking blow your mind. You know, like, he's just so excited about it. And he's just, he's got, he's, someone's got to know. Like, he's got to tell us, so who do I tell? I gotta, I gotta write the magazine so they can tell everyone. <laughs> you have to go yeah. play this game. Like, yeah, no, it's fucking incredible how excited he is. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. man. I love that. Dude, I, I love that there are several letters disagreeing with the dude from the last issue asking them right. not to print tips. And they're all like, yeah, the mad. Like, I, I vehemently disagree with that person. Like, I use your tips all. Like, everybody's like, fuck that guy. Like, what's he talking about? Yeah, it's yeah great. you know, you, you know, like I wonder. You have to assume because you know, like what I think of, it's like a shit post. It's like a, you know, it's like an internet shit post. It's like you post this thing that you know, you just put no effort into it all, but you know is going to get like a vitriolic reaction to it. You know, and like you just watch the fucking fires burn afterwards. You know, that's exactly what it's like. You know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it was like the the analog version of that. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> so. uh, thank yeah, you, they, they guy from the last issue. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> yeah, yeah Luis Espinosa, that's his name. Uh, forever, <laughs> forever immortalized in dickhead fucking the annals of oh. dickheadery. <laughs> the annals of these this <laughs> magazine these magazines is dickheadery in the letter section. So the last couple also echo critical observations we had about past issues and as like people writing in to ask what the fuck exactly is up with that confusing turbo graphics NEC shit we didn't quite understand. So graphics, we were not, yeah. yeah, we were not alone like in our fucking confusion there. And that was kind of satisfying to some degree that you know <laughs> getting our fucking opinions yep. supported retroactively from there we move into a two banger from a company that we've never seen seismic for a couple of sega genesis titles that they've dropped and can you fucking read either of these game title fonts no i, the first thing <laughs> I, said, I was like what does this even say like i'm like i feel like i need a monocle like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I had no fucking idea what the first one read and i struggled mightily no. to parse the second so yeah they are super Hydlide and air diver are the two games and so, yeah, we'd, I'd, we'd never seen these, and I'd never even heard of them, you know, as, as a Genesis kid. Uh, that's kind of surprised me. But Super Hydlide is the of the same ilk as FCI's Hydlide on the NES, which is a terrible RPG port they dropped in 89. And, you know, this I was looking at this one, and FCI's not involved this time, so I was like, okay, RPG, I don't know. It's a franchise, you know, that's worth porting, so at least by their perception. So maybe there's something going on here. So I downloaded it, I fired it up, and it's pretty, it's also trash. Say <laughs> <laughs> way, okay. Yeah, it's also, okay, it's also okay. trash. I, I, it, there is a pretty awesome 90s riffic opening sequence, and that's actually the, the background behind me is from that, from the little slideshow. And so that was pretty cool, but yeah, the, you know, it's a real-time, top-down, overworld battle deal with like these microscopic ass sprites, and it's just it just doesn't doesn't work, uh, unfortunately. So, yeah, I was well, going to download. It. I was going to download it, and then, like, I think right when I was looking for it, the first thing that popped up was like Angry Video Game Nerd review. I was like, curious, and so I watched it, and I just laughed, and I was like, yeah, I'm not uh, playing that game. You shouldn't. <laughs> I just, he was right in that case. You shouldn't use. A video from him should not, don't let that 
I know. I know, but like even that dude is but just looking at it, I was like, yeah, that's not my jam. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I'll watch him. I, like, I'm entertained by at least some of it. Right. Some of it's a little sh- fucking shit humor. You know, he's a little a little lowbrow at, at times, but some of it's fucking fun, especially the early ones. Like now it's kind of like, I don't know. I feel like the newer ones, he feels like he needs to live up to this. It's too self-aware. Yeah. The newer ones are self-aware. The early, the early ones are better because it was still like a, a thing that was forming, a character that was forming, but what have you. So Air Diver is a prospective flight sim in the hot military fighter plane of the time, an F-119. Just mm. the stealth, stealth fighter. So it's probably not bad for the genre at this time, but flight sim, this is not my cup of tea. I can't really get into it, you know. I mean, it yeah. looked pretty good, and it seemed, the controls seemed fine, but I don't know, I just don't want to sit in the cockpit and fly a plane in a video game, which is not that fun. <laughs> Unless you could do it in VR, and then I'm sure you'd be like, oh my gosh, it is the greatest thing you've ever seen. <laughs> Someone was actually telling me, one of my putt-putt buddies was telling me there's a, there's like a, I think it's a World War II era flight sim game that you can get on there that he talked up pretty highly. Yeah, I mean, I would try that because that and that is it's certainly a little more be able to look around and like that's kind of the thing. Yeah, I mean, that is it's that especially the perspective ones. You know, the games where you have like the pew the cockpit POV, like the idea that you can't you know take that really in is ugh, like that sucks. So yeah, I've been a fan of many of those, but put in VR maybe. <laughs> I like fishing in VR. Why would I like flying? <laughs> experience i'm in and then we have one more ad after that from trade west before we hit the cutting edge and this is an ad I, ivan woo is right man <laughs> <laughs> ivan iron man stewart super offer on the nes and we haven't seen this ad yet and i don't believe we've seen the game since it dropped in april because so i remember we've talked about it but it was pre-release so this is the first time it's been fair game for a game app and i mean podcast over that's where we're playing next <laughs> I sat down and played 14 straight races. Like when I got to this ad, I sat and played. I was like, I would, I was going to do other things. I have just sat and played the game. <laughs> I actually did fire it up when I, when I was going through the mag because I do that. Yeah, I, I do that. That would be the end of my work day. <laughs> other shit to get accomplished. So, yeah, so this ad, this ad is fun. The game's hot, as we, I think, alluded to there. But the, the ad is also hot. I like the ad a lot. It's got a kid in the foreground. He's all decked out in a full racing uniform. He's got the helmet on, the whole deal. And he's holding an NES controller up in front of him, you know. And there's a couple of, of racing trucks catching air side by side in a desert <laughs> landscape. So, you know, fucking really just painting the world. And the tagline up top is, hit the dirt. And it's period at the end, not exclamation. And that's exuding confidence. I like that shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, they know what they got. They know what they did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't need to bullshit around. <laughs> it also has the four-player capability designation up top. And in case you didn't know, now you know. So bring out, bring out, break out your NES satellite kids and do four-player, which I've never done. I've never played, but I love this fucking game. I played the shit out of it, but I've never played four-player before. We should fucking, we should enlist uh, cohorts mm-hmm. on Facebook page or something and, and Parsec a four-player uh, iteration of this if we do do an episode. Uh, that would be cool, I think. Um, we should. We should. I've only done four-player the arcade. I have so many memories of playing this on the arcade with, the like, my no, cousins and stuff. The arcade is only three. The arcade only has what? three wheels. I know. Well, I have two, two cousins, so maybe that's why. I 
I definitely had played it with multiple people in the arcades. Uh, yeah, I played mm-hmm. arcade as well. Ah, to be honest, yeah, I don't know. I think I've played it with maybe like AD before, maybe been, might have been Lindsay in fucking Chicago or something years ago. They used to have one at one of the dorms for my summer program at Ohio State when I was in high school, you know, so I definitely remember like, huh? Super off-road? Yeah. What fucking yeah, dorm? Dude, I remember being super pumped. It was in Smith or Steve, but this was like, so this was in late, uh, probably 95, 96 time frame. I remember like one summer going there and being like, whoa, I can't believe this game, this game is here. I think of anywhere. I would definitely, I, dro- I dropped in many corners. This would be, so this before we were in college, you know, high school. Right, right. But yeah, I can't, I mean, you know, the, like the Ziggs and shit had kind of like Buck Hunter and like those dumbass bar games that everyone plays, mini golf, tee, whatever, golden tee or whatever the fuck it is, the golf game. I just fucking put your hand on playing drunk as fuck. But I don't really remember anywhere on campus that had like an arcade. Yeah, they they completely changed the way that the dorms looked by the time we actually got there. So it was like in the like in the area where you walked in, like your front desk area and all that. It's so cool. As a part of that, so it was cool. there. That's so much right. Cool. I was. Yeah, they got rid of that for sure. <laughs> I was like, damn, this was cool when we were here. Yeah, why didn't they have those? Like, what the fuck, man? Well, I, I also do remember in some of the dorms, like Smith, Steve, like in the basement, not mine. I think I was in Steve, but one of those did have a couple games couple arcade games when we got there but they weren't cool games like this it was kind of just like man there's a couple coin ups actually i'm I'm sitting here trying to picture the lobbies of moral tower either of the towers (laughs) and i I can't do it so maybe they had it was just a big open i don't know about that because that was weird because they were like the big open rounded kind of the the towers yeah i don't know Yeah, yeah Uh, yeah, so this game's fucking great. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so four racers on a single screen track. The train is very off-roady, as the name insinuates, and you earn dough from each race that you can upgrade your rig with, and it's just an absolute blast. And, I mean, it's, you know, I, it's, it, it might be a top 10 cart on the system for me. Like, no bullshit. Like, I think it's that fun of a racer, and, you know, racers that you don't see those on my list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I am like I am very fond of RC Pro Am too. So okay. that's one other race that I really like. But that one it's it, it's funny to me how similar that is. Like it's not single screen, but it's it's you know, it's very basic. It's it's kind of top down like that and it's got RPG elements to it. You can develop your car, you know, and and just it's funny how easily my basic ass bitch fucking mind is how easily you can you can flip my switch with development of your character even if it's a fucking you know inanimate object yeah because <laughs> that was so huge and rare back then it's the same reason why for me a top 10 super nintendo cart is top gear 3000 because it was split screen like you got to upgrade your car but you know the graphics up for the time were really cool so i could play with my brother and we were like upgrading our cars as we were like racing together against eight other computer cars or whatever and it was oh love it love it i've never even heard of that so i would, I would oh, oh my gosh before to get into it, i mean there's yeah that'd be those last names we talked about already but when we you know when we once we crack open a super nintendo here there's gonna be a lot that i've never fucking seen or heard of oh. i just did not fuck with the super nintendo much playing mad 96 and my brothers on jabs snes is, is pretty much that i really like diddy uh, not diddy kong but uh, donkey kong country was a game we played the show uh, that's funny. Everybody loved that. To me, it was like, eh, it was okay. But yeah, when we get to Super Nintendo, there's some games we got to play. Knights of the Round, also a top 10. Uh, anyway, we'll get 
get to that. We're getting off time. Sin City on Mortal Super Kombat. NES was great. Was I, I, I really <laughs> like the Rampart. My buddy AGB had fucking SNES, and when I used to get suspended and I would sneak into his basement and stay there all day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Have I ever told you those stories? Sorry. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got I got suspended like six times my eighth grade year, and I would gosh, I would intercept the calls and the letters and stuff at home, and just get on the bus, and the, the bus driver was was notified when you were suspended. So I would just pretend I wasn't suspended. I would get on the bus and go to school in the morning, and I used to we used to go over his house in the morning because my bus would drop me off at school like 45 minutes before the school started, and he lived right next door to the to the middle school and high school. So we used to, me and my buddy Will, we used to walk over there and hang out there in the morning before school and then go to school together. And, you know, his, his mom wouldn't watch us walk out his back door, so I would just hide in his basement when they when they when, when they left for school until she left for work and then i would just hang out at his house and fucking eat his fucking food and play snes all day <laughs> and, then, oh and, then, and then at the end of the day get on the bus and just go back to go back i'd walk over to the school at the time the bus was leaving and get on the bus and go home totally and like i didn't get the i got suspended six times my eighth grade year dude i didn't get caught by my dad until the last one because I fell asleep and missed the bus. And like, I mean, I guess that doesn't get me caught. I think maybe just that happened to be the time that a call got through to him or something, you know? Mm, so yeah. it's just funny that this all, it's funny that it happened like that, that this was, cause it was the last one, the sixth time. So I'd done this five times already, right? So I have to call him to have him come pick me up. And I like made up some story or some shit about why I missed the bus. And he picks me up at AGBs. I get in the car and he goes, I'll never forget it. Dude. I remember the exact words. He goes, he looks at me as I get in the car. He goes, you got to get up pretty early in the morning to get one past me. <laughs> and I'm sitting there in my head thinking like, motherfucker, this is the sixth time. I did wake up early enough. Dude, the five times. <laughs> I right. <laughs> super fucking early. Dude. Yeah. So I, yeah, I fucking, I, I never told him that happened until I think I was in college before I told him that, that what actually happened there. So he never do. It was fucking great. Oh, that's so good. Oh man. Kids yeah. do not try this at home. Do not, you know, follow. It was all dumb shit, like manifest disrespect and subordination, just literally being a prick to teachers. Uh, cause oh, I'm my gosh. Anyhow, Cutting Edge is an entire page on one soup up your controller peripheral, the Turbo Blaster from BDI Enterprises, whoever the fuck that is. Uh, I checked the internet, the the internet doesn't know who it is either. But it's a, so this is a, the, the actual device is a little intermediary box. You plug your standard NES controllers into, and then you plug the rig into your console. And the little box has, it's got gradient turbo controls on it, so you can toggle. Turbo on and on and off, and then has dials so you can change the rapidity of the button depressions that it's registering, and then it also has a slow motion toggle on it. So it's it's essentially an NES advantage, but without the joystick, and works for two controllers is really what it boils down to. And you could maybe talk me into it being of some value if it works well, which I mean, there's no way to know that. But if it does work well, you can maybe talk me into it having some value. But the price point. It's thirty nine ninety five, which is way too fucking high. You can. It's the exact. I looked up the catalog. It's the exact same price as the NES Advantage in the nineteen ninety Sears catalog. So get the fuck out of here, asshole! Oh. Like you gotta be kidding. Yeah, no way. Yeah, like, yeah. like I'm not paying you the same amount. I just go get the fucking Advantage, have the same functionality, and actual cool controller. 
Uh, yeah, it's not even. I don't well, know. Well, I guess they're. I guess they're trying to sell you like, hey, the NES Advantage is one controller. You can get this, and it works for both. There you go. Sure. And you can use your regular instead of the, the the stick. If you don't want a stick, kind of like if you're a Mega Man type of situation, and you're like, I can't play so, with the stick. You know, oh, like, and, and, and they, yeah, yeah, and the the article. I mean, that's their opening caveat. Like that's that's the thing mm-hmm. that they like you know get off their chest to begin with. Like yeah, like yes. It may be a similar in functionality to that, but you don't want to lug that to your buddy's house, you know, or you don't want to lug that yeah. wherever, you know, uh, which is true. Carrying your NES Advantage around is probably not good for your NES Advantage at age eight. It <laughs> doesn't sound conducive <laughs> to maintain. Not exactly a light little peripheral. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Uh, but still, I mean, just the price point's too high for that. So that's probably why I never heard of it. Didn't get any legs. <laughs> <laughs> we get a demonstration of diametrics next as Trade West contrasts the pure joy of Super Off-Road with a full pager for Magic Johnson's fast break. Fuck that game. Overseas Prospect after that, <laughs> a Taito joint for the PC Engine called Ultimate Tiger, and the word chopper is in this article copy so many times. Get to the chopper! <laughs> And that's because it's an overhead vertically scrolling chopper shmup, and I'll pass on that. <laughs> How did the arcades doesn't fuck around with diversity in this issue? They, you know, we usually get a couple of titles in here. They, they show you a few games. Not this time. We get Konami's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles beat em up, gets the entire page, and why the fuck wouldn't it? <laughs> it's worthless. That was my jam. Give me, I, I, I want to play it, and then I want to play switch turtles and keep playing, and I want to switch turtles again, and I want to keep playing. <laughs> Even though they all have the exact same yeah. range and damn it, like nothing changes. Doesn't matter. They got different headbands on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's been, you know, there's been so many or so few, I should say, of these arcade features in this main where I had issue 10 here. And I like I don't know. I think hard driving was in one, and that's like a Genesis game I'm fond of. So I had a little bit of relatability to that, even though I don't think I ever played it in the arcade. Okay, but usually these kind of just like, yeah, whatever with these arcade things. But this one, yeah. I mean it's God, like, I don't have any idea how, because no one was taking me to arcades or anything, you know, but I played the fuck out of this somehow or another anyways, you know, which maybe just speaks to the utter saturation of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles at the times, because, yeah, these probably were in fucking every, every pizzeria, you know, if fucking, if Konami wasn't putting them in every pizzeria, they're morons, <laughs> for obvious reasons. Or if you heard about it and you were operating your own shop you're like I-, I need that game like, yeah, like you found it and if you're a kid you found where this game was played when you when you heard about it you were go- you wanted to go to that arcade and that arcade only yeah like yeah. if it doesn't have ninja turtles i'm not in like <laughs> yeah, i have to go to the movie theater and sit outside the movie theater like in the- okay i'll go there I, <laughs> ticket. I just want to go <laughs> yeah, yeah yep yeah no it's fucking really good and and yeah such a big deal for that, we have a full pager from Dildo Developer Acclaim for Quirk on Game Boy. And they refer to the main character's girlfriend, Tammy, as his main squeeze in the pitch copy. And I think we already said it once, but uh, 1990 was a different time and place. <laughs> to fucking refer to his girlfriend as his main squeeze in a oh, fucking man. ad. It's just, woo. <laughs> Did not see that in 2021. Ah. Uh, so we get a new style of Sega Genesis spread after that. It's a mere two-banger that doesn't have the one full page burnt on just old white text on a black background. So they're scaling back the marketing budget maybe a little bit with this one. But 
It is five sweet 19-inch CRT televisions, each adorned with gameplay screenshots from some of their early proprietary library. Got Revenge of, Revenge of Shinobi, Truxton, Golden Axe, Super Monaco GP, and Super Hang-On. And they, you know, there's a little pitch blurb on, on the second page. And they call themselves the masters of arcade entertainment at the very end. And that's mm. okay. Okay, say it. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking master. <laughs> Strong. <laughs> uh, yeah, they, they probably are the masters at this time, the, the, the leading home port. You know, like Atari ports yeah. has a lot of Atari has a lot of uh, titles that they port, but they're not on the same level as Sega. Like Sega's home ports are probably premier for sure. Yeah, you, you want to avoid the Atari ports unless you that's all you have. But like the Sega ports, like the quality of titles and even like that arcade sound. Like when yeah. I think about that kind of more tinny sound and feel, like you really get that with the Genesis. That's that's a definite difference. Hundred percent. That you know that was like I think that that was like their when they. Pretty sure I, you know, read something akin to this when I was reading uh, Console Wars, Blake's book uh, mm -hmm. about this, you know, just kind of the inner workings of Sega at the time. Like that was like their, that was their goal. Like they want to bring the arcade experience home. You know, like the the previous systems like talked about that, but they wanted to actually look and feel just like mm -hmm. you know. They came pretty. I think they came pretty close. Next is the Adventures of Game Pro Chapter Nine, and this is titled Loki, Prince of Darkness. And that closes out Act One of the Mag, as has become customary. And Ghouls and Ghosts is the featured game setting for this installment. And they actually tech, uh, tease Tecmo World Wrestling for the next one. And that's kind of, I look forward to that one. That'll be an interesting, probably pretty funny one. Agreed. That's the, this one didn't really do much for me. Game Pro plunges the sword right between the eyes of Archdemon Loki here. And that's kind of intense for a. Right. Kids mag death, I guess. I don't know. I guess comic books probably did similar stuff, but yeah, this so is like, actually an easy, easy to get through ep like issue. Like some of the other ones are kind of like, uh, this was actually smooth to read. Like there was action. It was like, okay, you know, kind of moved along better than some of the other ones. So. Seems to be wrapping up, heading toward the final finale. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like I wonder. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to know, and, and you know, we'll have our talk later. Maybe we'll never know. At least not for the purpose of this pod. But the like, is it like episodic and that it ha will have a closure point to it, or is it serialized and with a, a you know uh, an intent to go mm. forever? You know what I mean? Um, I'm sure the intent is to go, but it's some. It feels like it's heading toward a conclusion. You know, like that's good. If, if maybe this to this adventure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's fucking. That's good writing if they don't. You know, to make you feel like you're. You know. We'll see. Maybe. In wrestling tights. <laughs> that is the Snake's Revenge title theme bringing us into Act 2 of Game Pro 10, and it is ProView time. We're still starting with NES, even though Genesis is way more lit. <laughs> <laughs> and the first, yeah, the <laughs> first one they have for us is Ultra's Metal Gear sequel, Snake's Revenge. Kicking things off here, uh, which my see Solid Snake back there in all his uh, fratastic fucking 80s aggro 
steroid fueled glory there behind me. <laughs> <laughs> and the MSRP listed at the end is an obtuse 4395 for this title. And it dropped in April, so it's a live grenade for game up purposes. Have you played and, the the original Metal Gear? Dude, we did an ep- our I think second or third game episode was on Metal Gear. Me uh, I never played that. So like to me, this is all lost on me. I read this and I was like, oh, I didn't even know this was a sequel. Like I'm clueless about this franchise. Oh, dude, the first one is clueless. so fucking good, dude. It's <laughs> oh god, it is so good. I had the cards as a kid. I played it so fucking much. It's so <laughs> and it's bad. It's broken. It's a broken game. And it's still so fucking good. Uh, Heard of it, but just yeah, never oh, just never got to pick it up, so it was never. Well, not in my go back and listen to the Rituals <laughs> of Honor podcast episode, doing a game up on it, Jay, and you can learn all about it if you don't want to sit down and play it yourself. My memory of it, only played it once, I think, of any of the substance. Maybe I fired it up very briefly as an adult. Well, I did too for the, for the pod here actually to kind of refresh myself. But my standing memory of it was one of those. Like Renan, I couldn't have been worse. Like I said, I had the first game, and I was so excited to see the same style of video game cover from the same company with the same character on a rental shelf at right. some fucking rental house, and brought it home, and just like, oh my god, this is not the same game. This is bad, you know. Uh, even as a kid, like, and it is like the critical acclaim for it is. Pretty subpar. There's even I found a quote. So Hideo Kojima, the the creator of Metal Gear, right? Yeah. So he was not involved with either of the port for the NES or the the sequel at all. He, he didn't even have a hand in the development. He was informed it existed after the fact by one of the developers that I think was asking for feedback or something. So yeah, he had nothing to do with it and. I mean, even like the Moby listing for it, it opens. It's it's a licensed but non-canon sequel to Metal Gear. So non-canon, like, okay. Yeah, yeah, like it exists outside of the the story realm, you know, as far as Metal Gear heads perceive it. So, in any event, it's it's he's quoted in two thousand in a two thousand nine interview. Kojima is <laughs> has called it somewhat of a crappy game. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, wow. So yeah, he's not a particularly big fan of it either, and uh, a lot of. Dude, I, I picked this up with nothing, no reference, like I said, for this game. And I'm just like, uh, pretty basic gameplay, limited bullets. Once you're out, you're out. Like, I, I just pass. Like, there's nothing. There's nothing. Well, that's the thing. See, there you go. Game. And that, you know, and, and like, I think this one might have failed in stressing it. And that's part of what. And yeah, that's actually one of my notes. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, this game, Metal Gear was created. As a, it was a stealth game then, like it was intended even on the NES or the, the MSX was the original platform for the, the first game. It was intended as a stealth game. You're not meant to kill everything. Like that's why you ran out of bullets. <laughs> you know, like you, that is how it's supposed to be. You're not supposed to just lay waste to things. You're supposed to get around undetected. That's your goal. This does not seem like a stealthy type of game. Though. Well, that's the, exactly. That's why this one failed, I think, because uh, what? it didn't do a good job of that. And yeah, so I mean, it's, it, you know, first of all, it's, it has 
it's comparable to the first game in the sense that it's it's you start as this top down 45 degree angle screens you have tons of weapon and gear to score and sift through menus of you have a transceiver to communicate about special ops with other top secret fucking uh <laughs> whatever agents a- agents or what have you uh but they and for this one which they did not have in the first game with the exception of the elevator screens which has always been kind of weird to me but they it, they added a standard issue side scrolling action platformer sequence sequences to this game so you know i ex- like just knowing that and and like going into it to refresh my memory i expected that that because that doesn't lend itself to stealth you're just killing yeah. them you know and i mean just and at a principal level you were contradicting the intent of the ip and the or not even the intent but the the the, the world that the ip is supposed to be happening in so uh, you know you that you mm-hmm. fucked it up just by that simple mechanical introduction you know what i mean so that fucking sucks and it is that's you, you lose you know going into it like you've lost all fucking stealth feel in, in those sequences and and, and even in the 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 top-down stuff like you know you fucking have the uh, you go onto each screen and there's like a the flares that come out and light up the screen yeah and, and yeah, then the dudes come up yeah and then the dudes come out and can detect you right away so then you're they sound the alarm and then you're dealing with battle and like i don't know how to not maybe there's a way to Maybe when when the I don't know what you do I don't know how you would avoid it but maybe when the there's some way to avoid detection with the flares and then you don't have that aggro shit going on and you can remain oh. stealthy and you know maybe there's a way to do it. I don't know how to do that uh, and I didn't research how to do it so maybe you know maybe we're it's a false criticism in that regard but if you can't that sucks and that, that's yeah. not what the game's supposed to be because yeah when you open up the first game you're in a jungle too and you don't have any weapons like which is one of the weird things about the game you are par- you know you are dropped you're 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 in a, you're a new special ops recruit that's dropped into enemy territory and you're separated like you go out of the plane first and like the opening cinematic which is badass especially for early early nes you drop out of a plane with four other dudes but you drop out and then they don't drop out for a while so you're ah, segregated from the group, you know, and you don't have any weaponry. So it's just like, I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe narratively you could justify that they had the equipment and you didn't or something. I don't know why that would you not each soldier would be equipped. You know? <laughs> but that's the only possible justification. It's so weird that otherwise you're dropped in there with no fucking equipment. You have a pack of cigarettes, which is its own weird 80s thing. You have a pack of cigarettes and the transceiver the the radio so yeah so yeah so you have to start the game with no weaponry and you have to either avoid detection entirely or all you have is your fist to defend yourself so you are highly incentivized to avoid detection and it works it's fucking great and you slowly acquire weaponry and gear and stuff that allows you to navigate the world and that's so well done so good and this one yeah it fucks it up uh quite a bit i think but you know, you get, I mean, you know, just far, it, it is still ultra though. It's Konami. So they do, they, they wrap up their ball of shit quite well with, with very pretty <laughs> things. They, there's like a, a, a bunch of lit and, and fun shit opening the game. There's a nice Metal Gear specs cinematic. So like the Metal Gear, the name Metal Gear is in reference to that thing I posted the blueprint of. I'm sure you saw it in the opening cinematic. Yeah. So it's like this, it's a, it's a tank, uh, a nuclear enabled, nuclear weaponry enabled tank 
that is like on two legs. So it's like a, a, at for the time hyper futuristic nuclear weapon, and right. the they do like a which, you know it's funny. Like I started, I realized I put there was something else I posted that oh that the air diver game had the, uh, the yeah. had the specs of the F one nineteen. You know, and it's just like it's it occurred to me how stock that was of a thing for like look you know i don't know i don't even know how to really put it into words but just that like that portrayal of like look how futuristic and fucking just impressive this is from a technical standpoint you know like these look at all it's all done that same way like on a a black background wireframe with the the same font for the computer you know, computer terminal font. Give me the specs. Yeah, yeah, and it is. Yeah, that's why I started. Like, I don't even need to. I don't need. You know, I, I I try to come up with these in my perception, dumbass little witty things I post with the shit for the social media stuff. But like, that's all you need for those. Just specs. Yeah. <laughs> all capitals. Like, that's what it is. That's that's how exactly what they think in their head when they're making those. Like, just look at these specs. <laughs> Can't beat this. Yeah. Look how fucking incredible these are. So. So yeah, so you get one of those for Metal Gear, and then they have some character intro montage shit. This thing behind me of Solid Snake explaining to you, you know, how he's his career has developed <laughs> since the first since the first game, and then you have the getting dropped off by the chopper cinematic, et cetera, et cetera. So you know, they, they're such they, weird names for the people in this game. So I was like, yeah. that's how yeah, dude, fucking was, Contra with with Scorpion and what was the other one's name? Oh, uh, freaking. Fucking, uh, I, I want to like, say animal, but that's Legion of Doom. Yeah, I know. I keep right. wanting to say <laughs> talking Falconer. But like, <laughs> yeah, 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 right, yeah. Whatever the fuck it is. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, they always, yeah, it's, it, it, it's just that 80s. Like, Hyarola Kakamami. Like, come on now. Like, you just, <laughs> you just really threw some stuff together. Like, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how, how, just, how bombastic can you make this? How bombastic right. can you make this? Yeah, so the first thing you're presented is with the yeah, and that's the thing too like that's that's its own interesting thing about these games you have these transceiver deals that are like this radio that it's about that's how they uh carry you through the story is, is you're introduced to these character to these characters through this radio and they even like ramped that up from the first game so in the first game it's just like literally a, a static screenshot of this like old school looking military radio and you gotta punch in the coordinates of are the coordinates what do you call that the the frequency of uh, like you find you find frequency people give you frequencies in the game like when you rescue prisoners and stuff and they'll give you a frequency on which you can communicate with a certain person that you're, you need to get in touch with to move the story along and in this one they have the same thing and it isn't just a shitty old transistor radio anymore it's a monochrome screen that shows you who you're talking to so it's like this computer interface now with a computer screen you know Okay. Uh, so that's like developed a little bit, and that's kind of nice. And you're at, you're also given a gun to start with this time, which is a little more realistic, I think, even if it's only a PewDiePie Beretta. But it is still nice to have a fucking gun, I, I guess, and it makes a lot more sense for a military fucking special ops person to be given some weaponry. <laughs> but whatever. And I think you also get a knife too, maybe to start as well. But so you got that, and you get, yeah, you get a little bit more of a leg up to start the game. And as you know, Konami yeah. does as Konami does with the music, it's fucking absolutely lit. Like we used, uh, we used that. We did use, yeah, the the fucking theme and the intro. Yeah, yep, and even even the first the jungle intro. theme that you like the the first level thing when you get into the game is off the wall fucking lit.
I had high yeah. hopes because of the name, you know, when I re read that it was a sequel and I was like, okay, I didn't miss, you know, and we come in with the crazy names. You got some music that I immediately saved. So I was like, okay, I had high hopes. It just, I, I, I guess coming in, coming at it from that standpoint of, hey, this is a, supposed to be a stealth type of game. Maybe I would have a different feeling, you know? And, and it would have approached it differently, but I'm still yeah. like even reading this and coming in, like I still felt I, like I was supposed to fight enemies, you know, and it doesn't. And that's and that's, really that's why Metal Gear is so incredible, though, because. You know, to even have the incentive and the idea to turn video gaming on its head, essentially, like every military themed video game is just how fast and how much can I kill? It and that's what I expected. I'm like, okay, yeah. that's what I'm doing, you know. Right. And it's <laughs> so, yeah, just just trying, and you know, and and clearly as this franchise develops, and you get into more, especially 3D environments and stuff, and that becomes so much more of a sensible uh, mechanic and employable mechanic, you know, it gets better. But to even you know to try to fit that style of game into the 8-bit tier of, of gaming and, and and what you have available to you just as programming tool wise it's just it was it's so impressive and so good you know and, and i think for what for those limitations taken into consideration uh that first one is so fucking good at that and like I, I totally got it as a kid like i totally got that vibe like i you know it it totally worked for me you know because i didn't know any better at the time you know clearly now you have perspective but as a kid i was just the ad for that. I mean, you you have to remember seeing the ads for the first Metal Gear with all the. It's just the white. It's all. It was in every comic book at the time. You know. Yeah. We've seen it in all these game pros too early on, and it's fucking just like all the different gear you can get, and it's just there's so much cool shit. Fucking bomb blast suits and fucking landmines, plastic explosives, silencers, remote missiles, obviously a bunch of different fucking guns. Uh, mind detector, just like every piece of military type of gear you could ever want, you know, and for my little fucking whatever, whatever makes my mind work, that's, oh my God, I was so into it as a kid. And this one has that too. So like, I don't know, just in general, I guess I'm getting out here. Like I, I want, like, I want to play this to, I, I know it's bad, you know, but like I've been told it's bad all my life, but like the IP, I'm so endeared to the IP that like, I feel like, if I got far enough into it and got enough traction and, and really understood it enough to hopefully see past the things that people bitch about, like, I think I could enjoy it. You know what I mean? No, I don't know what you mean. You sound <laughs> like you're, it, it sounds like you're talking about Ultima here, which makes me steer <laughs> very much clear of that. Oh, so next page. <laughs> that's, a, that's a fair comparison, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Exact discussion for playing Ultima. If, if you get far enough in past <laughs> the stuff you hate and the misery, I think there's a game here. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to pass, Josh. Fucking no game. Well, we'll talk about that later, maybe. Uh, after that, we have a two-banger on Tecmo's Ninja Gaiden 2, and the price is not available still on the MSRP front, even though the, the fact that this is out, and they close out the copy with, here's your chance to prove once again that you're not just another ninja. Not run-of-the-mill everyday, like, no run-of-the-mill <laughs> bullshit everyday ninjas allowed. We, these are only fucking special, special ninjas. <laughs> yeah. 
are you one of the many Ryus? Like, question of the day, how many video game characters are named Ryu? Like, in how many games does a Ryu appear? Or Ryu, uh, however well, you pronounce it. To this, what else? There's so many. Dude, I, I feel like I should have prepared this in advance. Because I just saw this and I was like, another Ryu. Like, there's so many games in the 90s where, like, characters were Ryu. Like, there's a game on the I can't believe you didn't remember that to be able for the the first one. Ryu Hayabusa. He's mentioned by name so many times in those cinematics. I guess part of this is because Jab and I had the game. So we played the first Ninja Gaiden so fucking much. (laughs) Yeah, of course. That's probably why it's... But, yeah, to me, like, to not know Ryu Hayabusa is his fucking name is crazy to me. In any event, uh, I still think we should wait. I mean, it's it's fire. I fired it up to just because I hadn't, I wasn't sure if I remembered it uh, viscerally or not. So I fired it up and, and played to the first stage, and it is absolute fucking fire. And they fixed a lot of the dumb shit that sucks in the first one. So we should. I mean, there's just no question. I think we should play it, but I think we should still wait for the strategy guide to hit first, so we can use that. Just like we talked about, even though we haven't gotten to it yet, Super Mario Brothers Three, which I don't think that even appeared in this issue at all. Super Mario Three? Uh, I don't think don't it did. Think it did either. Yeah. Well, it'll be it'll be an Nintendo. I think problem. in an ad. Maybe we've seen it in an ad. I don't know. I don't think it is, dude. I don't think I don't think it's in the outline at all. I would have written it down. Huh. And I feel like based on, I think I would have it would have at least appeared on my preliminary game app discussion list because, uh, like I said, I list out each one I'm down with as I go and then pare it down when I'm done with the issue. So that's that one would have been just set out to me. I don't think it is, but yeah, it'll be a Nintendo Power many times. In any event, yeah, I think uh, as great as this is, I think we should wait till these strategy guys out. So uh, we should actually discuss it. Yet. Personal opinion, I'll listen to others though. After that, we have two pages on the aforementioned Magic Johnson's fast break, and I just can't, man. Fire! <laughs> <laughs> then Hudson Soft is still trying to convince us to play their miscellaneous space shooters, Zezzies, 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 yeah, or whatever the hell. That's hot. I think it's fun. Uh, no, not fucking. <laughs> 44 music, side scrolling action. Come on, Jack. 4495 and 49, 4295 for those respectively. Hard no. <laughs> and then we have Hal America ads for Vegas Dream and Adventures of Lolo 2. Book and Dean Sawfell's Greed is Good embodiment, Wall Street Kid. And even more no for most of that, but Lolo 2 still perks my ears up. I would still listen to that conversation. And then we turn our attention to the Master System, which Sega is keeping alive via life support for the cursory release game profiles that need to, to cover solely to, in my estimation, give them reason not to fix that game system list banner up top on the cover <laughs> each month. This is the only reason to put that in this magazine. Yeah, it's the only reason. <laughs> and the title is Psycho Fox, and it's developed by Vic Tokai. Grown on that. That's not really uh-huh. very well on NES for the most part. And then it's actually released by Sega, published by. And the MSRP is $34.95 on that. So they are encroaching on Atari territory with MSRP, at least. They're not trying to give you, you know, even NES prices for, for new stuff dropping on the system. And did you fuck? Did you bother to fuck with this? It's a it's a cute looking game, but that's pretty much it. That's I mean, a cutesy action platformer. So yeah, that's like exactly yeah. it has some it has like weird inertia to it, like the your sprite like it can i don't know it's just weird the movement of it and then you can there is a kind of a cool mechanic in that you can you you pick up and you get this little animal that you throw around you know 
Yeah. Uh, and like a kill shit, both coming and going, kind of boomerangy ish, you know? So that was kind of interesting and unique, but it just, yeah, it's. It's not grabbing your attention. It's yeah, just. Not, not in this landscape. You know, again, if you, if this is coming out two years ago, when all we got is early NES and early SMS stuff, I think it has a shot to end up in the conversation, but in this fucking. Yeah. Yeah. It does have like that, that really vibrant talked about a million times that the, the color palette is just so fucking ugh, so, yeah. <laughs> so intense on that system yeah well i mean I, I guess if it's meant to really be like arcade quality you want to be like mm, what would what would this look like if it was on a, a big arcade screen you know but it just makes it intense yeah we then proceed to the 16-bit future with genesis joints and the first is alex kidd in the enchanted castle and uh, this is just basically an SMS action platformer holdover franchise for Sega. And when I first saw it, I was like, I started checking and I was like, is this just like, I, do we already play this? Like we've talked with this Definitely. before, like, like all these <laughs> early Alex Kidd and fucking, what's the other one? I can't even think what the uh, fuck. Monster Boy. Monster Boy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Fucking like all these, all this is like all these really stock characters and and mascots they try to they ran through you know i just can't differentiate any of it so yeah so i thought this was uh just a port of one of the master system releases that i'd already played you know because they're too generic to fucking tell apart it's not though it is a developed specifically for this boring character to be showcased in all its 16 big glory with this game and the msrp is 44.95 so uh, that's one thing i will say it's at least priced at an 8-bit number you know like it's not as expensive as a lot of the other Genesis titles, so they had a like a self-perceived, you know, they had a perception uh, to, that this was a little bit of a lesser deal. Yeah. But it's been out since Christmas '89, and I couldn't remember if we've actually talked about it before, so uh, I went and fired it up and just yeah. I actually already had the ROM, so I was like, we must have talked about it. We definitely time. talked about it before because yeah, I remember thinking like eh, it, it it was like back when we were looking at like oh do we play an Alex Kid and monster boy and like those and we ended up playing you know the other but yeah it was wonder, just wonder boy that's what it is wonder, wonder boy wonder oh yeah boy and monster wonder land, boy and monster land. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. see because they game. switched it up remember we had that discussion they changed yep. the names up in the uh, <laughs> in the titles such yeah. a bad job you know such a bad job by their marketing team so i guess the very until the very near future Kalinsky really gets his fucking gets his hands in the mix after that we have a two banger on treco's atomic robo kit and who is Treco, you ask? Me too. They made a handful of arcade-style shmups and fighters for the Genesis in 1991. This is the first of those. And then promptly exited stage left from the developer landscape. So that kind of uh, lends itself maybe to the quality of this particular title. And oh, it is a... Hold on. Hold on, Josh. I will say, this is a surprisingly fun game. Come uh, on now. This It's a side-scrolling shooter. Your favorite. With weapon power up, so of course I had to give it a shot, man. It's it's surprisingly fun. It is. Did you get into it? Like I I played it. I did fire it up. It's it's got some reasonably cool, like robotic, organic alien mashup aesthetics, kind of like that Contra vibe to some degree. Yeah, yeah. But I, the gameplay is not a fan. I was. It, it seemed like it was. I couldn't stay alive. It was like really difficult to stay alive. I couldn't. I could barely get into that first stage. Like, if you touch the sides, uh, you're dying. Like, it's fucking, yeah. I, you have to get good, Josh. Uh, 
I didn't get good. <laughs> you enjoyed it, huh? Uh, yeah, it was it was fun. Like at first, I thought I, I kind of died immediately first as well, but then I, I jumped in. I was like, okay, let me just fly and you know do the typical dodge and shoot thing. And once I got into that and started picking up different weapons, and I started shooting missiles out like automatically and stuff, like then it got fun. You know, obviously you get higher higher powers power ups in general. You're smashing shit. You're happier because you're just like, ah, die, bitches. You know? <laughs> yeah, I, definitely, I, did not, I definitely did not get far up into the power-up tree. Gotcha. I will admit that. Fair enough. And from there, it is on to Turbo Graphics previews and pro views, I should say. And we usually fly right by these, but this first one is for Bonk's Adventure. And when I think of the Turbo Graphics, the one and maybe only game I think of is Bonk's Adventure. So... Like, and that's, I guess, as far as, I mean, there's, that's changed a little bit, I suppose, because we've been going through the magazines and such, but this is, I'm speaking from the fourth grade awareness perspective, mm-hmm. maybe when I was, when the Turbo Graphics was on the landscape, that's when, that's where I was at. And like the character, this, this was the character in the game that NAC tried to push the hardest onto me in their efforts to convert me to their sparsely populated gamer pool, you know, mm-hmm. and it is a little caveman kid with a really big head. And, and the, you know, I was like, as we mentioned, like I, some of these, some of these TurboGrafx titles, I've been like, oh, I'm going to fucking fire them up and, and give it a, at least a whirl because why not? They look interesting. And a lot of them have been good. But my fucking, the, the emulator is shit. Like, I can't get that fucking emulator to work anymore for me. And I guess it's the, that's part of the thing with it. Like, I don't know if I, I'm sure I've talked about it before, but like, like, I need to, like, see a TurboGrafx controller or something. Like, trying to map a yeah, TurboGrafx yeah. controller is borderline fucking impossible. It's got, like, there are three Roman numeral buttons. There's a run button. There's a select and a start. Like, how many fucking buttons does this controller have? <laughs> <laughs> like, and, and, you know, and, and they're, yeah, they're 8-bit games, essentially. So there's how much functionality? I don't know. Like, I can't, I can't, no controller I have is capable of really mapping properly. So, yeah, it's just, I don't know. Please write in and tell me if you know. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? Like, which... Like this game, like this is a simple platformer, right? I can't need all those buttons. You know what I mean? So like if someone could write in and tell me which of the TurboGrafx buttons are the ones I should bother mapping to even my Genesis controller with three buttons plus a start, you know, just tell me which ones I need to play the game right. Because I like, I, you know, I couldn't get my TurboGrafx fucking emulator to work. So I tried firing it up on one of the like online browser based things and trying it there. And like, you know, even there, I just could not map my controller properly and I couldn't really fuck with it. So. I need a I need a Turbo Graphics tutorial. <laughs> Too many hoops to jump through. <laughs> right, right. Too many right. hoops. Yeah. But it's funny though. You're absolutely right. Like when I looked at this this ad, I was like, oh, I immediately remembered yeah. like seeing that little caveman dude everywhere and thinking like, that seems like a cool system. You know, I yeah. wonder how it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was a good good job of mascot choice in their case. Something Sega was so capable of. After that, we have another Turbo 16, a couple, uh, no, sorry, one other Turbo 16 titles, JJ and Jeff, and that gets a whole page, only one page, before we have uh, a Dino Wars and a Quick Shot controller ad, bookending the subject of our Jay's Atari Corner segment this time around, and you're even like, clearly excited about it, you and Matt were excited about it on the fucking Facebook page, Ninja Golf on the 7800. <laughs> uh, this yeah, game... Yeah is nuts man yeah, I, <laughs> it looks fucking I, insane dude, dude it looks fucking I, insane. I was super impressed that he knew about this you know that either 
either recalled this game and played it himself or read the issue. But yeah, this is it's such a strange video game mashup concept. I remember picking it up and thinking, like, what 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 do I do? Like, what's happening here? Like, <laughs> so you start the game out and they give you yeah. So you're playing golf first. Like you're swinging the golf. Normally, I mean, you're swinging your golf. Does it have like, is it like golf games of the time, like where you have like the little meter and you? Yeah, it's it's like a dot. Yeah, and I didn't even notice that at first, but it's just like at the bottom of the screen, there's a dot that just goes back and forth, and you're like, oh, I guess I for power, I want to hit it here, but I didn't see that at first, and so you just hit it, and then. So you don't you don't choose. Do you, it, it's like a stripped down version of the golf. Like you don't choose direction. There's no wind. No, no, no. Yeah, I, yeah. I was curious. Like it, it, it would be amazing if it were like a really elaborate, fully built out golf game and then you cut into all this crazy ninja shit that would be so crazy uh, i mean it's crazy anyways but but still like the fact that i saw that there was a meter and i was like okay let me focus for a second you know i want to hit it power as powerful as i can and so you do and you watch it you know get as close to the hole as it does but then immediately like a snake comes out of the ground or like dudes start coming at you and everything changes and now it's about fighting and kicking and i'm just like what yeah. it and then, like, in the middle of it, everything stops. And you're playing golf again. It's just like, <laughs> what? Yeah. Like, like your insane. master is putting you through this to make sure you're the truest ninja that you can be. And he's like, is this a joke? Like, no. Ninja golf. Bitches, let's go. Like, it's uh, so, so nuts. Yeah, the, the screenshots, they have, they have them, like, battling dragons. You're fighting, yeah. sh you're fighting sharks underwater. Like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. That's crazy. Are the sharks? Did you have you played it enough to know the answer to this question? Are the sharks like in the water hazards on the golf course? I did not experience sharks, so okay. I I don't know. That must be later. I did. Yeah. I didn't get to that one. I, I I battled a crazy ass dragon though, which was at like the end of a hole, and it was almost like a boss. Like there sure. was like a flash of light, and then it's yeah, it was. It actually took some thinking. I didn't expect to have like a boss battle, so I give it. <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking nuts. Ninja man. Golf, Atari. MSRP on it's $34.95, so you better do some extra fucking chores if you want to scrape together the dough to add this to your Atari library, kid. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking nuts. I've, I've like, uh, it's, it's a, I've heard the name before. Like, that's a Ninja Golf. Like, I've heard it talked about in comedic context really? before, <laughs> but I, I never, I, not, taking the time to really check it out and look at it so well as silly and goofy as it is the fact that like when you go to a ball like obviously you can see from the screenshot behind me it's like side scrolling when you're doing the golf and the fighting but then when you're doing like a boss battle it's almost like the boss is 3d floating back and yeah it goes over the shoulder you. on you right yeah and you gotta like do different stuff and so like it's like a mechanic change which is nice and not something that is typically seen on the Atari, you know, yeah. for a game like this. So it's almost like they figured out how to do this and they had to do some wacky ass concept to put it all together, you know? Yeah. I, I like it. I like it. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, the, uh, it's again, like, I can't think of where or when it was, but I, like, it, it, it seemed to be my, my, the the dialogue was remembering it fondly and saying it's pretty damn good for an Atari 7800 game. It's <laughs> certainly one of the most original concepts that you can find in 7800. Yeah. So that's coming out of that fucking whatever. We get handheld previews and we have NFL football and Space Invaders as the title or the cover mentioned on Game Boy and Gauntlet: The Third Encounter. And the Game Boy games meaningless to me, but 
I'd never heard of this Gauntlet rendition. And looking, did you really look at the copy on this and kind of parse this? So it's fucking it's kind of wild. It's so it's it is from like I assumed on the links I was like that can't be the same Gauntlet universe even in like looking at the yeah. pictures I was like this what is this exactly? So I was reading the damn thing and it is from the Gauntlet universe. It's a dungeon crawler action type top-down deal just like all fucking gauntlets are but it's wacky as hell the character classes you can choose from this one get way outside the fucking box from the traditional fantasy medieval deal you know and yeah you can choose from an android an amazon gunfighter pirate punk rocker samurai and even a nerd as the copy states it so you know each one of those classes has their own speed strength weapon missile stats so there's all these different variants and the, the characters you can control in this one and that's pretty fucking fun man like you know like gauntlet's weird like i gauntlet's the kind of thing like i like i feel like i should enjoy it and like every time you fire it up though it's always like Ugh, this is boring it's just like you're just literally waiting for the counter to you know like you're just constantly getting fucking hammered by things and at the time i guess it was kind of fun but like yeah. it's one of those games <laughs> that like in modern from a modern perspective, really lose a lot of its shine, you know? Yeah. But this is interesting. It's definitely, like, way outside the box place sure. to take the IP, you know? Dude, I loved I loved Gauntlet, too. Like, I, I played that, you know, the more multiplayer version. Like, I remember I fond memories of that. So I, I saw this and thought, I, I want to buy a Lynx. Like, this, see, like, it was things like this that at the time made me think, oh, Atari Lynx. Like, I want to check this out. Like, yeah, I love Gauntlet. Like, yeah, and it said this yeah. one embraces the plane vertical thing, too. You know, even that system had, so you could turn it and play vertical with the longer vertical screen, you know, like some yeah. card, uh, some arcade games had. So, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, probably pretty fucking, pretty impressive, for sure. Coming out of there, we have a slew of NES ads we've seen before, carrying us towards SWAT Hot Tips and <laughs> ISOH game alum Bionic Commando. We have Tecmo World Wrestling. Is the ads I'm saying, and then also game up uh, alum heavy barrel, and then faces loaded two of the ads before we get to SWAT. And SWAT is six power pack pages, and there's an entire page of ghouls and ghost tips, all submitted by the same person, George Sun of Chatsworth, California. And that's it. That's the tweet. So uh, some Ducktales fodder in here. That's pretty all common knowledge, I would say. And yeah. then there's a Knight Rider appearance from the NES, but generally speaking, not really much in here. Didn't make fun of me. Was there any? Anything you want to touch on from SWAT? Not really, man. I, I did say that, you know, if we ever were to do the original Ninja Turtles, like, I would use, I would consult that the trick they had in here uh, for pizza uh, unlimited pizza. Yeah. yeah. But that's just, I'm like, all right, if we ever did that, I would use that. But otherwise, that's, yeah. That's that's one. That's one of the Nintendo powers, I think, that you can use that. Yeah, that, that's something. They're all, they're, there's none in, like, truly advantageous places. There's also the one where, like, you want to stock up on the scrolls because it's the most powerful weapon, which I never got this far in the game, I don't think. But there's a, a sewer trick where you can do that later in the game to, like, a certain area that you can just go on and in of to okay. max out on scrolls for every character so you can really waste the end of the game. They do pepper some ads in here, too. There's Solstice, there's Shadowgate on the NES, and then Super Dodgeball. And Solstice isn't out for another month. So after these messages, we'll be right back. Video power will be right back. Tiger Lieutenant, let's put the plan into effect. Yes, sir. Ammunition check. I got two bullets. Are you okay? Yeah. I got key card number one. 
Watch out, pedal gear ahead. Mission accomplished. Game Talk, Snake's Revenge, the next generation from Tiger Electronics. That was a 1990 U.S. television commercial for Snake's Revenge in Tiger Electronics talking handheld form. And I did not know they had talking versions of these. And I absolutely loved those fucking, like the really fucked up digitized voices of that era, you know, like on those little things. I had a baseball, I think I've talked about it here before, a baseball handheld LCD game. That was, it was a talking play-by-play -play baseball. And it was just, oh God, it's, it's so creepy, those, those voices. <laughs> and uh, that, that board game Omega Virus also was like that, that, that Jab and I had. Glad I, I love that, that era of digitized voices. So the, the commercial is a kid running around a military base. He's holding the handheld. He's doing military ops and shit the whole time. <laughs> Probably trying to get to the chopper, actually. Of course, they went all out on that commercial. That's like, that's one of those like things where it's like, oh my gosh, such a big sell for this little. Thing. <laughs> yeah, for a fucking, they made those tiger, those tiger. Clearly, they licensed everything in the universe and put them on those things, so they clearly made yeah. dough, you know. So, of course, we all wanted them. Yep. So, <laughs> shit. We're kicking shit off in Act Three with some advertisements. The rescue, the embassy mission, full pager, and then a two-page spread from Technos we have not seen. And they are laying claim to a bunch of multiplayer hotness that they must have felt you might not know are all from them because they did not do their own publishing, basically. So these games were all published by someone else. You might not know that Technos was the one behind them. So these games are Renegade, Double Dragons 1 and 2, Super Dodgeball, and Super Spike V-Ball. And their latest joint, yeah, yeah, that is a good lineup for sure. The, it's all the, the Kunio-kun stuff, you know, um, mm -hmm. the early Kunio-kuns. The latest joint, ISOH Game Up alum River City Ransom gets the whole Ooh. second page. And yeah, they're it's they basically created a new publishing arm to put this bad boy out. So their name is on the box art this time, you know. And it just reads to me like, I don't know, they realized just, uh, they had the epiphany that brand awareness was a problem with them. And they deliberately set out to fix that in, in doing this with this game. Smart, very smart. Yep. For sure. Question, why is the Nintendo World Championships logo on this ad? I was wondering the exact same thing. I'm like, uh, is this game, was this game added to the lineup? Like, I don't remember seeing Rose. It's not in any of the copy. And they even have, it's in Pro News later in this issue. They do a little blurb on the, they list off the games that are in the Nintendo World Championship, and it's not listed there. Not so it wasn't a matter of just not doing Maybe, research. Was it like a... No, I was about to say maybe they were giving them out as like a a prize if you finished a certain place. Maybe, I mean, yeah, maybe I mean, there's some type of reason it's got. There's got to be some reason it's on there. You know? Right? Yeah. Yeah. And like, and yeah. Technos. It is not. You know, it's separate from Nintendo, but I do get the vibe that Technos and Nintendo are very closely aligned. You know, the, the, I think there's some heavy overlap. Some way, uh, who knows what the reasoning for that is. Uh, but I do, you know, like this, like the, you know, there's that Super Spike V-Ball Nintendo uh, World Cup soccer crossover game that's on the same cartridge. Oh, yeah. There's just a lot, there's just, there's just signs to me that Nintendo and them are very, they're in, the, they're in bed together pretty hard. So, uh, I don't know, I guess. Well, these are thing. popular games. I mean, I'm sure, sure they're like yeah. super happy with them. You know? Yeah, this is a good developer, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's probably part of it. But yeah, I'd be curious to know what that's all about. 
Write in, Lord Disciples, if you have the answer to that little piece of trivia. We don't know the answer. We have short pro shots coming next. And NES things first. We have a claim getting some, some more licensed bullshit fired at us here. It's hitting in July, a Bigfoot monster truck game. And then we have Color Dreams's Master Chew and the Drunkard Who and Metal Fighter. Both are 89 drops. I don't recall yet seeing. And I really like the name on the first one. That's a <laughs> that name makes me happy. Uh, but the company is just the fucking absolute worst. They put out right. nothing but unoriginal dog shit like their games. The minute you see Color Dreams, it's like hard oh. pass. <laughs> yeah, like there's that's sad. No that's... way this is good at all. Uh, I still fired up Drunkard Who, and I think I fired them up both of them, actually. And they're yeah, they were both dog shit. We have FCI's D&D joint Heroes of the Lance, and though that's exciting, it isn't out until January, unfortunately. We also have Jalico's Maniac Mansion port, and that's teased for September. Can't fucking wait for that. Last game up, Super C is in here. And then that dumpster fire chiller game somehow is still oh. hanging around in here. There's an ad for it coming up in a bit, too. And then we have a tension joint I've never seen or heard of, despite it being out since Christmas 89 after that. So, fired it up! You control, this is Tubin, and you control a guy in an inner tube floating down a river. Yes, that kind of Tubin. And like, that was, I was, <laughs> I was shocked that's what it was, you know? And it, it so it kind of, it scrolls vertically, though you, you do have some control, control over your pacing, and there's some light shooting elements. You can fend off the various hazards that your dude encounters, you know? And the projectiles you throw are cans, like, Full cans, which as you know, like as in aluminum cans with liquid. So this game yeah. is definitely <laughs> designed around the leisure activity of getting wasted and floating down a river, you know, which is crazy to me that they made a video game about this. But um, should we tell the story of our last fraternity reunion event where I blacked oh out? My all this activity? Oh my gosh. That was I wish, I wish we had a picture of me just passed out in the inner tube, my arms sticking out of the top of it you can't even see my head you know just floating down the river passed out on tequila that would be so great uh, okay. <laughs> and then me try me recalling something from that and like hey remember we talked about this you're like no no idea what you're talking about dude I re the last okay. thing i really remember is i remember we saw a dock on the side of the river <laughs> and i think maybe grows someone made a joke about we should fucking get out and jump off that and i was like doing that <laughs> Look, I went over there, and I remember, yeah, jumping into my inner tube and it not going particularly well. Uh, and that's, yeah, that's the last thing I remember. That's that's the last thing I remember until sitting on that picnic table that we have the picture of. Yeah, where we ate, uh, where we ate afterwards, yeah. Right, yeah, the, the barbecue joint. Was it out in Jersey? Was that where it was? That was, yeah, well, it was one of those, it was, it was uh, like a... Living, I think, yeah, Living Social, I think, is the name of the company yeah. where they, they pick you up on a bus in Manhattan and they drive you out to somewhere in PA that's, uh, that's right. PA, a yeah. bunch of rivers and shit. Yeah, um, yeah, we should fucking find some way to fucking pull something like that off again. That was an absolute fucking blast. I can't. And that was like, dude, it was like, that was like 2000. That was a while ago. Yeah, I, yeah, I was working at that. That was one of the last bar jobs I had. I was working at that nightclub Southside still. I mean, I, I think I got canned from there in like 2016. So it's been like, it's probably been six years uh, since I, since since we did that. That was probably 2015. I'm like, I wasn't, I don't think I was even, I don't know if I lived here yet. Oh yeah, I think I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like when I just moved here, I think. Maybe, yeah. 
Yeah, it was a fucking blast, though. Very cool. So, yeah, fun activity for sure. And, like, yeah, interesting <laughs> that they fucking made uh, – we'll post that. We got that picture, too. Corey posts that picture, like, every other day because it's, like – <laughs> it's the only recent picture that has that many people of it, uh, that many of us in it. So I can just go to Corey's Facebook page and pull that off and pop post it on our socials just for fun. I am so hammered that, 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 that picture. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, <laughs> the game like it, it kind of reminds me. And I don't know if you played Ski or Die enough to remember this, but it reminds me of one of the events in Ski or Die. There's the inner tube race in Ski or Die where you're just going down a hill in snow and you have like a fork or something and you can sit there. It's Either, even if you're playing one player, you race against a uh, computer player, but you can play two players too, and you can stab each other's inner tubes, you know, as you go oh out the fucking gosh. thing, and like you like jump off stuff, and it's it's very similar in feel and, and stuff. Um, this is probably the mechanics of this are probably a little better, I would say, because it's an entire game based around that. Thankfully, it is. Skier and I is obviously a bunch of little mini games, but yeah, it's interesting. I was I was surprised. It's not a good game. Like it's kind of bare bones on the visuals front and. You know, you, you, what you can see really isn't doesn't look all that great. But it's I still somehow was entertained. Like I, yeah, you know, like the concept uh, is entertaining. It's fun yeah. enough where you're like, all right, yeah. yeah, yeah. The controls are fine. Like it would be probably a tough go for an entire game episode. But I was, you know, I fired it up expecting to absolutely be disgusted, and it was actually I was surprised at how. Pleasantly surprised. <laughs> so that's the last one of those. We don't have any SMS action, and we have just one obscure Genesis ditty in here. And this is DreamWorks's Shove It, the warehouse game. And what the fuck kind of game title is that? <laughs> Shove It? Like, that, that's terrible marketing. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 once you play the game, it makes a lot of fucking sense. sense. For, yeah, <laughs> for it. And like, that is... Maybe the most descriptive video game title I've ever heard in in hindsight. That's but what you're gonna do. At, at first seeing it, particular part of it because it's just so long. But like, yeah, fuck it. I was, it, yeah, thought it was a very weird title. And it's worth noting that this is not Spielberg's DreamWorks, but rather a short-lived Minnesota-based developer in the early '90s. This is not Steven Spielberg's <laughs> DreamWorks. Don't get uh, it twisted. Yeah, doing into it, doing a game video game foray. I don't think. Actually, maybe I wonder. I don't think DreamWorks. DreamWorks might not even have been a thing yet in 1990. Yeah, you know, it's still that's a pretty long time ago. Like Spielberg was big so. starting in the late 70s, but I don't think DreamWorks was like. I feel like DreamWorks. Yeah. Like Forrest Gump era, like 1995-ish, is maybe would be my guess of when DreamWorks, maybe a little bit before that came to be. You know, so this might have been maybe yeah. before. If not, like it would be weird to me for there to be a new developer with the same name as Spielberg's company. I feel like Spielberg's company would have a problem with that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Reach out like, hey, uh, you got to say. Yeah, that's not, this isn't going to work, guys. <laughs> like, you know, I don't know if we have any legal precedent or really if it's actionable currently, but if you're not willing to go away, we will fix that. <laughs> oh, that's funny. In the event, this came out in May, and it's a puzzle game, and I like those. So, okay, I'll bite. I fired it up. And did you play this? It's it's like I feel like it's a less fun low load type of situation. It low is load. very low load. I thought about low load a lot when I was playing. It. Yes, yeah, but I, I mean, I it's not as good as low load. No, because you have yeah. more things to, to deal with in low load. But I don't know. Like I fired this up. I started playing. I was like, like who knew? I had no idea there was so much hidden gem puzzler fire on the Genesis. Like it is a good game, and it's like so. It's it's a top down deal, and. <laughs> 
you are a dude who works in a warehouse and you have to figure out how to push boxes to designated spots in obtusely shaped rooms. You know what I mean? So it's it's just like, a, you know, where what do you do first? And like once you push a box up against a wall, you're kind of fucked if, if you know, it has like a it does have a built in thing that lets you like fix the last thing you did if it was bad. But you mm-hmm. can't step backwards and actually pull a box from the uh, from the wall. That was more than one move ago. So, yeah, I mean, it's nowhere near like, you know, that, I'm referring to Zoom when I say Puzzler Fire, but like it's nowhere near that good by anything. I'm not suggesting that, but it was engaging and it required some real thought. Like I was, you know, it's like a, at the time, like, I mean, it's not the, I don't think it's the kind of game because it doesn't change. They're not procedurally generated or anything. So it just has this very like once you play this level because there's no enemies, there's no you're not going to get yeah. any variance. So, like, once you figure out how to do a level, it's, that's how you do it. It's that's done. how you do you're it. You're done with that level. Yeah, you're done with that level forever. So, there's not, there's, there's, I shouldn't even say there's not much. There's zero replayability. <laughs> you know, and that's a serious problem to whatever the card cost. They don't have the MSRP in here, but it's, you know, a Genesis cartridge with no replayability whatsoever is bad. That's bad news, you know. So, they should have fixed that and figured something out to change because that's the thing with Zoom. Like, you have the enemies. So, even though it's a puzzler, you're getting that's why Lolo's great too. You have the enemies that are changing shit. Although I think puzzler, like Lolo also doesn't have any replayability because the the monsters are not and they, I mean I you know, I guess like they, a, they respond yeah. a little bit, but yeah. it's pretty once you know how to do a level in that game, there's no you you're there's yeah. no chance you're not finishing it. You know what I mean? Maybe you're just going with time at that point. I could see that because since you know, or the steps rather. Right. Like, well, and, and like actually, I guess, you know what, fucking, they point that out because they count your steps in this game. You have mm-hmm. a step counter. So you are you do you are incentivized to get a more perfect run, you know, very many, many out. like you may be able to complete it. But was that the most efficient? Was that way? the optimal? Right. Exactly. Right. So, yeah, you know, I, yeah, that's that's a great point. I stand corrected. But most kids aren't going to care about that. Probably. I don't think not in this kind of thing. You don't feel I guess what they needed to do. And maybe this exists too, and we didn't play it enough. But maybe there, because you have the little cutscene between yeah, stages where he's pushing the box in. Maybe there is a reward-based system on what cinematic. There should be, if there's not, a reward-based system on what cinematics you see if you do hit a certain threshold of optimized way of doing it. You know what I mean? So makes sense. And I, and I don't know if that's in there or not, but that would be one way to make that soften that blow a little bit of the replayability difficulties but yeah it was it was was better than i thought it would be uh, coming off that weird ass fucking title for sure (laughs) and then we have one each of turbo graphics 7800 and game boy titles to round things out does alien brigade on the 7800 mean anything to you not at all i'm gonna pass that bad boy (laughs) (laughs) i was like yeah no i'm good man fair 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 we get a bunch of GamePro pedaling pages and then some full pages for shit we've seen a million times, except one game from American Sammy that I'm just very simply not going to deal with. <laughs> it's some anime shit called Arquista's Ring. Do you see this or fuck with it? I definitely did not. Okay, yeah. It's, it's tough to even clock, but uh, we hadn't seen it yet. Um, anyways, we get to Pro News, if you're going to ignore that. And in here, there were a couple things that... that stuck out to me and, and felt worth mentioning. And if you, <laughs> this, here's the line from the from the copy. If you were depressed when you came to the end of Konami's The Adventures of Bayou Billy for the NES, cheer up. So, 
uh, yeah, fucking right. No one's getting to the end of the <laughs> right. Go fuck, go fuck yourself. That game's fucking impossible. But in any event, uh, what they're doing here is they are teasing the they're in the they're up to the third issue of a comic book focusing on the IP from the fuckers that did Archie comics, and they it's a uh, at least by what I can tell, anyways, based on what was in the database, archive.org has. Uh, five issues of it. I don't know if that's the whole one or not, but they have five issues on there. Um, and, you know, so that was fine. <laughs> it was fucking fine. Thank so, you. But the link to that will be in the show notes if you want to check out those issues um, in high-res reader form. And then the other little thing that I thought worth mentioning was the uh, there's some shit from the RPG rumor mill that they talk about in the final paragraph when they get into games. And they mentioned Dragon Warrior 2 as being announced yes. for the NES. And that's, of course, fucking big. We are going to play the shit out of that at some point. And then they mentioned that Sega of America is teasing that a role-playing adventure title that's even bigger than Fantasy Star 2 is hitting in the fall. And uh, I don't know what that might be offhand, but I'll be wringing my hands like Mr. Burns. <laughs> anticipation to see what it is because Fancy Star 2 is pretty fucking big. Uh, even without having played it, I know that. And, and that's another one that we fucking got to get into at some point. But any, any, any pro news? Any other pro news? The only thing of note to me was the Dragon Warrior 2 stuff. I was like, yeah. yes, yeah. want to play it. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Me too. In 3D. In virtual reality 3D. Actually, VR 3D is how I play that fucker. It's crazy. And. We have the Pro Challenge Board, their high scores after that. It's back, but it still has that many fucking cities. Ugh. And there is a 16-bit-minded Toys R Us ad that we have not seen before. At least I don't recall seeing it. And it is pimping the Genesis and Turbo Graphics. And this ad looks fucking homemade. It looks like a kid made it at home with his fucking construction. Purpose. I mean, it's got <laughs> radical 90s, you know, cut-and-paste artwork behind. Right, you know? Yeah. 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 Pretty sure that was in-house. In-house yeah. art. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, their ads are usually pretty slick. Like, I, I was surprised at how... I, maybe, yeah, maybe it is just the... It was intent, or intentional, to to be that, like, clip art feeling-ish. Uh, yeah. I can see that. I mean, it's Toys R Us. Or, or pushing Toys R Us, so... Yeah. You know, you yeah. Just, they have that... They, there was that whole uh, campaign where it was, like, Jeffrey... The giraffe driving the truck and like the games falling off the back of the truck and stuff that was you know these these have been pretty cool but after that we have that chiller ad i mentioned uh, it's been updated now though it is now tidy touting two new nes titles that are coming soon the names of these games are death race and crossbow which which are Ooh. not at all <laughs> vague or generic sounding titles so i bet those games are just fucking dope <laughs> if they ever even came death out. race come on yeah. hotness uh I, I bet they never even actually made it to store shelves i bet that yeah, company but... folded before they fucking came out but we shall see the free game system giveaway is what they have after that and you just have to rate like uh, 300 or so games in four different categories and mail it in and you'll be selected. They'll be selecting two winners from those entries. So not a lot of labor involved at all, but <laughs> they, they, it is actually pretty fucking cool, dude. They, the first winner, the grand prize winner gets a game system of the winner's choice. You can just pick whatever the fuck one you want. Like that's fucking hot, man. How uh, cool like, is that? Yeah. Can you fucking imagine, dude? Like, Dude, I mean, yeah, if, if yeah, if you 
and like you know, I, it, you know, if you're reading the magazine, chances are you have the game system that you want most. I guess maybe, maybe not, or maybe, maybe. not. You know? Maybe yeah. not. I guess. I, yeah. I guess. I guess. You still had your seventy eight hundred. But yeah, I still have my seventy eight hundred. But even. But I guess if you think about it, if you have to rate three hundred games, like you're gonna have to have. Well, that's the thing. You know? But that's why it's dumb. Because yeah. if you need a game system, you don't even know uh, these games. I mean, yeah, you could still have played them at a friend's house. I guess you're not gonna fucking play all these games, but. 300 is clearly an exaggeration, by the way. It's not 300. <laughs> but it, it is a long list. It is a lot. It's a lot. Yeah and, yeah, and there is four categories for each. So it's definitely not a small amount of fucking uh, market research that you're contributing for free. But for this. I guess if you had, like, ideally at this time, based and just based on sheer volume, ideally you have the Nintendo. And you're like, yeah, I got all these games I can play. And you do that. And then it's like, if I get a free one... I can get 16-bit action with a Genesis, sure. you know, maybe depending on how, you know, when this comes out, I get that Super Nintendo, you know, when that actually hits. Yeah. So that could be like your thing, you know, you're going next gen with that free one. Yeah, that would be dope. That would fucking be dope. And even the second place prize gets a, a game of your choice, like any game you want, you know, which that also would have been fucking pretty hot to come up yeah. on. I'm just, I just, I was just surprised that it, it was the winner's choice, you know. Like I said, yeah. when I saw this on the cover, I was like, this is going to be some bad mm. <laughs> <laughs> No way, they're just letting you pick whatever you want. I would love to, cause just, I mean, you know, the odds that it's something, a, a great choice, are very high. But there is this minute possibility, because kids are dumb. Kids do dumb shit. They make dumb choices they are not informed they get things in their head and won't listen to fucking reason you know like they it is possible that whoever won this thing picked made a bad choice <laughs> you know like pick some whatever some dumb shit turbo yeah. graphic 16 let yeah. me get that yeah mm. yeah fucked 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 yeah. i would yeah i would just love to know who won and, and talk to them about that Shit in one hand, wish in the other. The inside back cover is that Tension ad with dozens of their own games, or dozens of their games, rather, but the back cover, the actual back cover, is a new one from Milton Bradley that hit for the NES back around Christmas. This is Abadox. Abadox. Yes, and the ad looks fucking wicked. I love the look of the ad. It does, right? Yeah, some weird space alien shit with a, I would say, a serious vibe to it, you know? And the headline written in, like, uh fucking scary haunted house font or whatever you would call that is do you have the stomach to battle in the belly of the beast and that's a good fucking piece of copywriting right there that's a good tagline i think i do let's go yeah yeah and so this it starts as a side-scrolling shmup upon firing it up and you're controlling a dude in a space battle suit with a jetpack and the moby listing for it says there's also top down shit and i, I didn't I, the game was the side scrolling version was so fucking horrible i didn't get to that if it exists uh but yeah i don't know what are you gonna do it's milton bradley i wouldn't expect a shooter from them to be dope but yeah good ad, i guess I mean, the art i was about to say the art definitely pulls you in makes you curious you know yeah so do you try it or yeah I've, i i played this actually back in the day i do remember it um, really? yeah i think it was a you know one of those 99 cent rentals that i was like sure let's play um it's okay you know you get different weapons so that's in terms of hey i got a game to play 
I'm having fun. Yeah, but it's not something that I want to sit and play through. Into by today's standards, you know, just, <laughs> just, just, or otherwise. just another one of the 700 NES games. Just another one. Yeah. <laughs> That's the stage one theme from the game that we think is pronounced Zexies. <laughs> yes. You think? I don't even have. I don't even have an estimate. I don't even know. <laughs> but it's nomination time, Josh. What are we thinking? Before we get into nominations, Jay, I think we have something very serious to discuss. What's that? Is this our last issue of Game Pro? What? Sega Visions starts in June. And Game Pro and Sega Visions are being cooked up by the same chef, as we've discussed. Oh, yeah. I talked about this back when I stumbled across it. I think it was issue six that I, that I found that information. Uh, but it's time to shit or get off the pot, as far as this goes. Like, I think, as I mentioned then, like, I think it completely defeats the purpose of having the independent third-party magazine, if they're coming from the same people. So I think that is kind of inarguable. And if we are going to make this change, it's obviously a matter of what we're going to choose. Uh, EGM is probably the leading option, and EGM has been around for over a year by where we're at. So the first issue was March 89, and running, I mean, that's pretty much literally parallel uh, to GamePro. So the June 1990 is issue 11 of GamePro. So that simple fact alone is, is kind of interesting that two different people had the same epiphany at the same exact time there was enough dough to be made in this video game magazine shit you know but that was interesting to me when i, when I was looking that up but so there's that there's egm and then there's also a mag called game players magazine that ran from 89 to 96 and they're the ones and i didn't know this until again i was doing research but they're these are the ones that they made a lot of those players guide books that i used to cop from the scholastic book club shit at school and they were mm -hmm. like these there was a blue cover one. There was a red cover red one. Red cover one. Yeah, yeah. And they were, uh, they did a lot of like strategy guides too. I realized doing research that I actually had the June, July 89 Nintendo game strategy guide. And it's got Bionic Commando featured on the cover. And it's like, you know, they, these were not licensed. So they were like, whereas Game Pro, I mean, their covers didn't, I guess, but they had the balls to like, you know they have ads they're like they're acknowledged i guess by nintendo seemingly but like the and i guess it's because they didn't try to emulate that was a, one of the few good creative decisions maybe game pro art direction wise made in that they did not try to emulate nintendo ip with their cover art they just did random ass shit, which is its own weird conversation but at least it didn't feel like knockoff shit because they weren't trying to kind of like do it without doing it. Whereas right. these covers are trying to do it without doing it. So like this Bionic Commando cover, it just, I, mean, it just it, I don't know, it's just, it's pathetic. It's, it's pathetic how, <laughs> uh, how you can, you know, 
I don't know. I don't know how to. I don't know how to verbalize this, but like, there's just nothing worse feeling than like, you know. Again, it's just that it's that bottom row of the cereal aisle at the grocery store. It's just like I know what you're doing there. It's pathetic that you're trying to do that to me when you when you don't have the balls to actually do it. You know what I mean? Like, it's just you know, it's it's just a really I don't know. It's always struck me as like a very very. I don't know. It's just a bad feeling. <laughs> but nonetheless, they you know it, they're. Full-on magazines, 100 pages, and the actual quality of the magazine is pretty good. But, you know, that the artwork is funny. Uh, I downloaded that bad boy from Retro Mags and had a nostalgia field day, dude, going through that one particular issue that I had. So um, I actually wouldn't mind if we do that random rag stuff. I wouldn't mind doing that issue as that a random sense. rag because it's just I, it would be a real fun nostalgia pluck for me. And, and it would be interesting. I think there's a lot of shit in there in this different perspective that we don't, you know, we, we haven't gotten from this era so that's kind of fun so those are the two options basically is what i'm getting at here and i don't know how do we decide this should we maybe what i was thinking was that we could just literally do a listener poll and just let them choose um because i'm kind of open to either i think you know what i mean um we could do that i i'd have an i have a natural bias for egm because that's that's the game mag that i would always pick up you know as as, did you you have this early not this early, though. I was going to yeah. say, you know, as especially as I got a little older, because that would be when I went to the grocery store with my mom, you know, or my dad, and I would just, you know, that would be right there on the magazine shelf. I think, so I'm pretty sure that's how cool. I got Player's okay. Guide. I think oh, that's yeah? how I got Player's Guide. For me, it was EGM. It. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't have a bunch. I just had that one issue. Like, I'm not. Oh, really? Yeah, like. Oh, when these I were first... like five bucks. If I had five bucks and we were at the grocery store, I was buying an issue. Like, yeah. for sure. Yeah, there was this. I guess I mean essentially like a deli newsstand kind of deal, which they didn't have. There's not there was not I don't know, I guess that that was gas station like magazine. It's just so you know, we're so it's all it's kind of hard to remember what the climate was like for this, but like, you know, like magazines are so passe now that this has been worked out of these same essentially equivalent establishments in modern day. But like I mean, I guess every gas station and every fucking little convenience store had a magazine section back then. So oh, yeah. Shouldn't even speak of it like it's significant, but yeah, there was this one particular convenience store. It's where I used to get my Mad magazines that I used to pop mm-hmm. into with my dad, and I think I'm pretty sure that's where I probably got this. But I would definitely seek out the magazine section, especially when like mom was grocery shopping or something. I was like, all right, well, I'm gonna go over here and yep. I'm gonna be thumbed through. Yep. <laughs> for sure, for sure, for sure. Fuck up this guy's magazine inventory. <laughs> Every convenience store's favorite thing, probably. <laughs> like, how, how bad was it when they started bagging? Oh, oh like you mother. Then you had no choice. I was like, all right, I guess I got five or six bucks. I'm just not reading it, darn it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm not reading anymore. <laughs> uh, okay, well, if you're down with that, yeah, I, I, let's, I guess let's at least see what they say. We can, yeah, we can, sir. we can, we can at at the least take that and use it as a constructive part of our discussion to to determine what to do um agreed we should have like a like a an optional write-in field so they can like make their <laughs> case you know what i mean like why should we use that one so we have yeah i don't have i mean you know i have that one issue of that and i've seen egm before but it, i i don't have much basis by which to draw on to make an educated decision about which is better or whatever yeah um, nor do i i think I, I think i don't want one i think i want the discovery i don't have game pro viscerally internalized either you know like I, the discovery of these magazines as a new thing is 
part of the appeal of doing this podcast in general. So yeah, just let them decide, I guess. Cool. All right, we'll do that then. Uh, actual nominations. My nominations are Super Off-Road, which I think I don't need to explain. I've already done that. Snake's Revenge, which, whatever. And then <laughs> a revenge-laden option set here in having Shinobi's Revenge also is my third option, mm. which I'm still angling a plane because uh, I think it's um, a transcendent Genesis title that we should have because we didn't do the first Shinobi in particular. And at this point, I think it's pretty, pretty low chances that we'll ever end up on an SMS title again, you know? So um, I feel like Shinobi should be taken into strong consideration. So, okay. What do you got? okay, okay, okay. What do you got? I went first and foremost, Super Off-Road, clearly. Second, Ninja Gaiden 2. And then third, Atomic Robo Kid. Gotta love it. Like I said, because it's fun. Um, not because it's like the most amazing, looks like the most amazing game ever. But yeah, uh, clearly Super Off-Road is the overlap here. I mean, is there anything else to talk about? I, I, I refuse to let it be Atomic Robo-Kid. <laughs> but at some point I do, I, I, we like, have we done any shooters yet? I mean... Not, have, we, have we done any have we done any horizontal side scrolling shooters uh space shooters or flying shooters i mean i don't think so right i don't think we have right I, you wouldn't we didn't do truxton but that's not horizontal either but it yeah mean, i don't think we have horizontal. yeah i don't it's think just, we have just flying space or flying smuffs i guess uh it doesn't have to be side scrolling uh but i i feel like yeah it's probably being a little overly biased to, to totally exclude those entirely so <laughs> Um, we should probably fucking do one at some point, but yeah, I'm not gonna let it be atomic robot kid. No way. <laughs> yeah, an idea of Snake's Revenge for me is like, yeah, no, pass. That's I can understand that. It's probably so. Maybe I'll do a kill quest on it to satiate my fucking <laughs> my theory. That'll be my own problem and not yours. <laughs> uh, okay, so yeah, super off road. I don't have any contest that. Because Sol, I mean, I had Solstice as another potential. Not out, but, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, Ninja Gaiden 2, I think we should wait for the strategy guy just because that would be such a beautiful companion piece. You know, the artwork in there is beautiful. We can, we can use all that while we're, while we're going through it. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't want to argue, like, what is, your, what is your temperature on Shinobi? Uh, I don't really have a huge opinion. I mean, like I said, it's just... I was more as a as a non-Genesis person, you know, at NES only type of dude. I was just more familiar with Ninja Gaiden, you know, but I, I've obviously played Ninja Gaiden too, but never beat it. Um, so the Shinobi thing, like, obviously I would always see it as, I <laughs> I saw it as Sega's Ninja Gaiden, you know, the Ninja Ninja franchises, the Sega version. Not, yeah, so not, not, really yeah not entirely uh, in disagreement from my uh, yeah. childhood perspective, yeah. Probably. But I don't have a problem with it, you know, it's just... Yeah. Is a game app going to be good on Super Off Road? That's my only apprehension here with Super Off Road. Obviously, like it, clearly it'll be fun in the last play. But like, what are we going to talk about? A whole game up. Yeah, I thought about that too. Like it, you could talk about <laughs> your philosophy in terms of what you would 
prioritize buying first upgrade wise but the longer you play it you're upgrading everything, everything right yeah yeah you don't yeah there's definitely not a lot of choice uh or rather trade-off i should say like you don't have to i mean you can prioritize stuff early on yes to what's more important to you like i'm a shocks and tires kind of guy but uh <laughs> you know the yeah i don't i just don't know the booger mobile is always slow you know the courses are dope and there's a lot of them but it's all about finding the right angle to get the the shortest, you know. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Just like turning, learning to take those corners and all. It fucking, is fun, uh, but we could just it? we could just fucking fire a parsec and play super off road together, <laughs> and get everything we want out of that experience. Like I don't know if there's like a discussion to be had, you know. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree. Well. That leaves Shinobi, Jay. <laughs> no, this this is the Genesis Shinobi. Yes. Yeah. 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 Shinobi yeah. too. Shinobi, Shinobi Jay. Okay, yeah, I'd be much more willing for that <laughs> to try that out. Because that yeah. again, the, yeah, I was unfamiliar, you know, because of, of the Genesis. Yeah, I've never, yeah, I've never played it. I've never, yeah, I've never fucked with it. So I mean, you know, we I deal with it that through that first stage when we first saw it. Uh, I was pretty impressed. So I, I, I there's yeah, little doubt in my mind that it's good, and and it'll it won't be a fucked up experience. So you know. <laughs> it's one player, right? One player game. I yeah yeah, okay. or I'm certain. Yeah. I don't think there's any like battle mode or anything, and I don't believe. But it's definitely either way. It certainly focuses a one player thing for one player. Yeah. Okay. Platformer. Action platformer. Okay. So Shinobi. All right. <laughs> okay. Genesis. I just like having that Genesis controller in my hand. That's probably one I can get away with yeah. using my. That'll, that'll probably be a good arcade stick one too. I'll, I'll probably be good. So I'll excitedly bust that bad boy out. Okay, Shinobi's Revenge. That's what'll be up next. And then the after that game feature we'll be kicking off a new chapter of sega action sega visions issue number one holly fucking luya and yeah we'll get that pulled up to hopefully decide what the next uh game or magazine will be that will shift gears to that's a big fucking apocalyptic change for this podcast <laughs> swishing it up machine and you can subscribe to the pod on the platform provided by whatever dumbass company that serves up your pottery. Please rate and leave positive shit for the pod on your platform of choice, whatever it may be. And the website is nyehentertainment.com forward slash ISOH pod. You can email us directly at isohpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow the pod and banter with us on the Facebook page, the Instagram, the subreddit, and talk shit to us about our gameplay videos that are on our YouTube. The links to all that shit will be in the show notes. And we do not have a Patreon, but if you like giving money to things podcasters tell you to and would like to do so at our direction, the Able Gamers Foundation creates custom gaming rigs for gamers with disabilities, and that is cool as fuck. AbleGamers.org is where you can find them. And we have our T-shirts that we're wearing. Uh, well, you're not wearing an ISH one, but I, but I am. <laughs> uh, we have them. We both have them, though, and they're pretty fucking cool. And the links to those are on our website if you want to get in uh, on some of that action. And Jay, what are your socials? Gentleman JB without the second E. That's how you can find me pretty much everywhere. Gamertag all over the place. Word. My Twitter is at Josh Fulham. My Instagram is at my shift key is broke. My gamertag is two minute Todd, but I switched my Oculus name to my shift key is broke as well. 
um, because it was easier to explain to people than two minute Todd, which it comes up more often on Oculus than I usually because you're talking to people. So people ask, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> and two minute Todd is too complex. So my shift key is broke is a very quick, easy story. All right. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you.